This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to Tuesday's edition of the programme, lots and lots of people headed out yesterday for the first day of the lifting of restrictions. And it seems traffic levels jumped by as much as 38% yesterday as we took our first steps out of lockdown. And of course, we know certain traders were allowed to open and get back to work yesterday. They were the hardware stores, the garden centres, the farmers markets and of course the outdoor building work opened after two months of enforced uh, closure. Not all of the buildings have, uh, builders have gone back. It is going to be a slow process to get all of the building sites uh, back up and running. But there had been huge fears across uh, the weekend um, among politicians and among the health officials, there was a fear factor that there would be huge queues of people uh, who would all rush out on yesterday morning. And of course, the fear was that they would go on to spread uh, COVID-19. But those fears of people rushing out to be the first out to buy the paint or the first out to buy the grass seeds, it seems they were largely unfounded uh, because the at the opening of business yesterday the, there wasn't that many people turned out there wasn't the big queues and I think probably because there had been so much talk about this fear of everybody rushing out yesterday morning I think a lot of people probably decided to say well I won't rush out to be there at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock I'll wait and go later on in in the day because then it was throughout the day there was long queues formed outside some hardware stores and uh, garden centres Retail Ireland uh, the IBEC group that represents um, thousands of shop owners said that the first phase of the reopening of Irish retail yesterday had gone very well with stores successfully implementing social distancing uh, requirements brisk and manageable trade what was what was described there was sizable queues in some places at certain times during the day but seemingly it was all very well managed and customers were all very understanding everyone was very cooperative uh, and because everybody wants to get it right is what IBEC uh, are saying and I think there is the sense as well that we are we've almost did we ever think we'd get used to queuing up outside the supermarket but we, we've, we've, we've done it we've been doing it over the last number of weeks so I think when it came to queuing up outside a garden centre or a hardware store people just expected that they weren't going to arrive at the door and walk in as we've done in the past our new normal now is you park up your car and you get into the queue and you wait and you are patient and that's what most people were very patient yesterday hardware stores and garden centres around the country they varied wide wide wildly. Some had very long queues. There was reports of some, certainly from Dublin, there was reports of queues that were well over two hours from when you joined the queue to when you actually got granted admission into the stores. But there was no issues of uh, breaches of social distancing in any of the queues. People just abided by it, took their time and went in. I think though there will always be you can expect that there will be longer waiting times of Outside DIY stores and certainly garden centres, because it's a it's it's unlike a supermarket where you go in and hopefully you know what you want and you have your list with you and you get around with your trolley and you're in and out in a relatively short period of time. I think for garden centres, I don't think I've ever ran into a garden centre, picked up what I've wanted and left again. You like to browse, you like to take a look, you like to think, will that work in the garden? Mm, don't know. Uh, so I think you, we all have to allow ourselves more time and therefore we can expect that when you're outside, certainly a garden centre, don't know about DIY stores, 
suppose yeah, why stores you probably know what you want and you may get in and get out but certainly the garden centres people will have a, tender, a tendency to potter around but maybe then people will become aware there's a large queue outside and get in and get out as quick as they can and the motor business they got back to work uh, yesterday as well they're back now servicing uh, doing repairs and they're also doing sales some dealerships around at the country it, described and experienced what they described as a busy day. There was one call centre said they had more than 500 inquiries and that was to do with somebody who wanted to buy a vehicle or somebody who was looking for repairs to be carried out. And of course, something I hadn't thought about, there were many motorists yesterday who were collecting or arranging to collect a new car that they may have purchased as far back as the end of last year or they may have uh, purchased it in January and they were due to do a pickup in March and of course all the garages suddenly closed so there's people uh, having to wait for their cars uh, as well which is something I hadn't really thought about until I heard about the motor industry uh, opening up yesterday and later on our own Fiona Corcoran went out and about and uh, we'll bring a little package from her she went out to uh, Atkins Garden uh, Centre and she spoke to some of the shoppers that were at Mahan at Retail Park and also she went along to a pitch and putt club to see how people were waiting to get out golfing and playing pitch and putt and tennis of course reopened yesterday as well and she also spoke uh, with somebody on a construction site so we'll bring that to you a little bit later on uh, today on the programme but already some queries coming in to the programme let's see if we can give some answers to people here Mary's been on to say Patricia is there a problem with air? They were supposed to correct my bill which they did over the phone but when I look at it now online it's back to the incorrect amount saying I I owe them when they had said it was their error in the way that they put in the wrong package the one that I didn't sign up for I tried several times yesterday I've already tried twice this morning ringing the 1901 and after I've listened and put in the account number I'm suddenly cut off I am so fed up should I write to them I don't know what to do from here thanking you uh, says Mary Mary I could open the phone lines on people and ask people how many people have been caught on a phone trying to get through to air they just seem to take a huge amount of time for people waiting to to just to talk to a human being it is just so frustrating i don't know maybe i'm maybe somebody will tell me I'm wrong but are they the worst of all of the phone providers for their customer service when it comes to actually dealing with a human being what I would suggest you do particularly when you did manage to get through and particularly when they have pointed out it was their mistake it wasn't yours it could literally just be a computer error it has been sorted out you will be billed the correct uh, amount but it's worrying when you see an incorrect amount up online that you're meant to owe them what I would suggest the fact that you checked it online I would suggest you send them an email or look and see if there's a way Web chat. So I don't know if Air do web chat. Some of those web chats are really good. But I'd suggest sending an email to them and see how you get on that way. And failing that, try to stay on the phone. But you say you're putting in all your details and you're just getting cut off, which seems very strange indeed. So maybe try the email route and see how you get on there. Uh, Mary and, and let us know how you get on and obviously then keep just keep a very close eye on your bank account as to how much has been taken out for, for the bill. It could just be an error on their side that it hasn't shown up on your bill 
that the correct amount hasn't shown up on your online bill, but the, the amount that they take out of your account is uh, different and hopefully that's all it is. But send an email and see how you get on uh, with that. Hi Patricia, says another listener. Just wondering, has anybody else experienced this? Our daughter rang a couple of dentists yesterday to try to get an appointment to sort out a filling, a filling that has fallen out. The first thing she was told by each practice was that there is a 20 euro COVID fee on top of whatever the charges uh, for whatever treatment you're getting. By the way, she rang a few dentists so that she could see the earliest appointment that she could get. By the way, she doesn't live here in County Cork. She lives in another county. What is the this fee for? It hasn't been on any of the news or any of the papers saying that they're doing this and I am wondering what it is about because I think it is very wrong to be charging an extra €20 Euro by way of a COVID fee. OK, I can tell you what it is. It is for PPE gear that the dentists now all have to wear when they are treating you. I saw a piece last week from a Dublin dentist who was charging €30 Euro a COVID, this COVID fee. So if she's been charging 20 it's actually less than what some dentists are charging. The dentist I watched went through the charges that they had for every single item that she was wearing from the the gown she was wearing to the visor she was wearing to how much the face mask was to how much the gloves uh, were. Now some of those items dentists would always have been wearing but they have to invest in additional PPE gear in order to treat a a patient. It does seem unfair, but, you know, the dentist will say these are the additional charges if you want to be treated and if a filling has fallen out like your daughter, you've no choice but to go and get that work done. I also, by the way, heard that medical card patients who normally their dentist is free and the dentist, the treatment still is free, they were also being charged for the covid the additional COVID uh, fee. So it's something we're all just going to have to get used to when we go to the dentist. There's an additional fee now while this pandemic is underway. So no, it's the it's the same all over the country. It's not just in the county where your daughter is living and hopefully she has gotten her appointment and that uh, she gets sorted out and is out of pain because there is nothing worse than a toothache. And I've just seen some breaking news coming in from the sun.ie that the Dublin uh, City Marathon has been uh, cancelled. No real surprise there, I suppose. And actually, just because the Dublin City Marathon is on on the October Bank Holiday weekend, isn't it? And uh, the October Bank Holiday weekend, we here in Cork, always associated with jazz. John Imbotovent has been on by WhatsApp uh, saying, uh, Trish, as we're heading from an economic crash, any bit of good news or anything to sort of stimulate the, co- the economy has got to be welcomed. John is pondering this morning about the Cork the Jazz Festival. Will the Jazz Festival go ahead this year? I'll get John Paul to check. I haven't heard that it's been cancelled yet. Most of those events though, slowly but surely as we get closer to the date, have been uh, cancelled. Uh, as of now, I haven't heard, but we'll, we will get it checked for you. Thank you for your WhatsApp to 086 uh, to 103 103. And a letter that I have received in the post today, uh, I want to bring to you because I don't know if this is affecting many other people, or but it's it's a worrying letter. It's one of those, I'll read it to you, that I kind of went, oh goodness me, uh, how do we give support to this uh, lady whose name I won't read out, but I do have it. Um, but I just don't know what part of the county this lady is contacting us from. But it reads, dear Patricia, um, I'm an old lady and I have a problem. 
I live alone and I haven't been outside the door for two months now. I'm unable to walk, but before the virus came, my daughter would take me out a few times a week for a drive and maybe go out for a meal. She now comes to the house once a week with food and dinners for me. But the guards are stopping her on the road to see where she is going, which she said she doesn't mind. But they've been asking to look in the bag of groceries and to take a look into the bag to see exactly what she is bringing to my house. She says if they keep doing that, she won't bring me my dinners anymore. Have they a right to do that? I'm obeying all the rules, as does my daughter. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Have they a right to do that? Yet, unfortunately, yes, because and the reason that they're doing it, they're doing it to... People are telling lies at guard the checkpoints and people are making up all kinds of stories of why they're out and about. So there, somebody been stopped. Oh, I'm going to Mammy's with the messages and I'm bringing her dinners. If they just look into the back of the car and they see these bags, they're making absolutely sure that your daughter is going to the mothers with the groceries and with the dinners. It does seem an invasion of your privacy. I don't know how many times it's happened to your daughter, but we were talking about it here in the office when I got your letter because it was just, it's heartbreaking to think that your daughter might feel, because she feels it's an intrusion on her privacy, that she's going to stop coming to your house. And then I can sense the worry from this lady that if the daughter is saying, I'm not coming anymore with your dinners, I'm not coming anymore with your groceries, this lady who can't get out of the house is thinking, well, what, what am I going to do for groceries? What am I going to do for food? Firstly, I don't want you to worry in any way about that. It, 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 I mean, if for whatever reason your daughter wasn't in a position to be able to come anymore, then there's lots of community groups and, and there is help available and we would be able to get help to you and we would be able to get somebody else to do your shopping and we would be able to get food somehow delivered to you. So don't worry about that. Don't think you're going to be left alone in this house with nobody looking after you. But I think what we, we need to get it, it across to your daughter while it does seem very intrusive she's not the only person that that's hap- that it's happening to I don't know how many times the Gardaí have gone through all of all of your daughter's bags you would like to think that the checkpoints that she's meeting the same guards because if she's doing this and she's only doing it once a week but you'd, you'd like to think that some of them would go oh that's the lady who's dropping the food and dropping the groceries to her mother's. So you'd like to think that they would know when they stop her that exactly uh, what she is doing. But you also now would and I, later on in the programme be going through just the checklist particularly for the people cocooning because with everything that's changed and different things are changing with different phases there's still some confusion out there amongst what cocooners can and can't do you are now in a situation if you want to chat with your daughter whereby you can now go out for a drive with your daughter once you stay in the five kilometre area of your house if your daughter because you say you used to go out uh, a few times a week you can still do that I know you'd love to go out for a meal the restaurants aren't open yet but you could go for a little bit of a drive with your daughter that she might like to do that uh, with you and then you know when you're out and about maybe she could go and get the get the bags of groceries and you in the car with her then if she stopped by the guards you know the, you can say well my daughter's gone in to get my shopping it's my shopping that's in the car you know and it would get you out of the house as well but please Try not to worry about it because I can really sense from the letter that you are you are worried and I think you're more worried that you're going to be left alone with nobody bringing your dinners and nobody bringing uh, your groceries. That won't happen. Believe me, that won't happen. And just to let your daughter know that she's not on her own, she's not the only one that this 
this is happening too. And the Gardaí are doing it because they just want to make sure that everybody is abiding by the rules. And I think going forward, there probably won't be as many checkpoints as the, the easing up of the restrictions and because the more people are abiding uh, by the rules. But just hang in there, hang in there. We will all get through this. And well done to hear you say you're obeying all the rules and, and well done to your daughter who's bringing the groceries and bringing the food. But try to tell your daughter not to be worrying too much about it. Some people reacting to May who has the problem with air and they were incorrectly billing her. She got it sorted out on the phone and on behold she checked online and the incorrect amount uh, is still on her billing online. Tried to get through to them is having absolutely no luck getting through. Every time she rings the 1901 number puts in the account number she keeps getting uh, cut off. Uh, somebody, morning Patricia, Mary the episode that Mary, the your listener has had with air is the norm as far as as I'm concerned. Three weeks ago, I tried ringing them three times in over two days uh, and I did it every day. I was cut off. I was told my waiting time would be 30 minutes and I was willing to wait. One minute into every waiting time, lo and behold, I'd be cut off. I wonder is this texter is it somebody new could it be somebody working from home and they're just not working as efficiently as normal I gave up in the, uh, up in the end uh, thanking you for that and someone else says uh, Patricia tell the lady that needs to get through to air to try this number 1-800-303-452 Suzanne 1-800-303-452 if uh, you want to give that a uh, go and someone else is saying pretty much the same uh, thing. There was another comment in. I just can't find it now. Uh, somebody else was saying that they 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 stopped with air. They cancelled their bill or whatever, and they keep getting a text message back from from air. About four years ago, it happened, and they they keep getting a text message uh, every month to say that they need to go online, even though they cancelled the bill and they haven't been with air for the last four months. So there does seem to be a bit of a tech problem uh, going on there for sure. Okay, and just a quick WhatsApp, Patricia. Could you clarify, please, if any of these rules that we're hearing from Neffet and Dr Tony Houlihan and from Leo Varadkar and from Simon Harris, are they compulsory? Yesterday I was out in public and the public were asked to wear masks when in enclosed spaces to protect and curb the spread of the virus. However, uh, this is not compulsory and many chose not to. We've also been told we can meet with no more than four people within our five kilometre radius. Is this another just guideline? As many were simply ignore the advice and interpret it to suit themselves. The control and management of this virus is doomed unless we all follow the same plan and this will only be achieved if rules are enforced. Well, they... they Legislation was put in place that the Gardaí can tell you go home and you're outside your five kilometre area and you can be fined as well. So there are certain aspects of the restrictions which, yes, the Gardaí, there's legislation there to back it up. But then there are other parts of the guidelines that are just guidelines and that they're not restrictions and they're not rules. One of them being the wearing of face masks. It has been suggested that it's good practice to wear face masks if you're on public transport or if you're in enclosed spaces like a shop or a supermarket. But it's not compulsory. And the reason they haven't, and it's homemade face masks, they're suggesting not for people to get the surgical ones. And the reason that they're saying that it's not compulsory, there are a cohort of people who can't wear Masks. I mean, last week when it was, we knew that it was something was going to be announced on Friday about face masks. The number of people that contacted us who have who are, who are asthmatics and say that they could not possibly 
get on a bus or a train or go into a supermarket and, and do their shopping with a face mask on. They just would not be able to breathe properly. And that's one of the examples that was used when it was suggested that it would be a good idea for people to wear face masks, but they're not making it compulsory. They're saying that there are groups of people who simply just can't wear a face mask. So it's, it's an individual choice whether you want to wear a face mask or not. 1850-333-103. Sadie and John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College. Now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. C103 brings you Farm Talk with John O'Connor, Saturdays at 10am and Wednesdays at 10pm. The agri-food sector and the food supply chain to the supermarket shelf are all open and fit for purpose within the context of taking the appropriate uh, measures where possible to prevent the spread of the virus. Turn on Farm Talk with Dairy Goals Post Calver Gold, a trusted partner for your peace of mind across the breeding season. Only on C103. The Minister for Agriculture, Michael Creed, has said he will be guided by a special COVID-19 task force set up to deal with outbreaks of the virus in meat plants, uh, including possibly shutting down factories if that is what is advised. People locally are very concerned about the Keypack meat plant in Watergrass Hill, where between 120 and 150 workers have tested positive for COVID-19. Fine Gael Councillor Noel McCarthy joins me to share some of those concerns. Good morning to you, Noel. Good morning, Patricia. And, and you're welcome to the programme. Are you, Thank you. Are you happy that procedures are now in place at Keypack to stop the spread of COVID-19? Well, I can only go what I've been told, Patricia. I'm happy with the Minister for Agriculture making that statement, first of all. I think that's a good news. But also, I, I think Keypack themselves, while they are a great employer in the area and give great employment to all North Cork and East Cork, for that matter, and the city, well, we, and we must welcome that, and they are an essential business. But I think the most important thing is, from what I heard talking to some of the workers there, that they must put the health and safety of the workers and their family first. So I spoke to two people last Thursday that got a, that were tested yesterday week, like others, like other their workmates, and were told that they tested positive, even though they showed no symptoms or whatsoever, and got a, uh, called in, told they were tested positive, and go home and isolate. And which they have done and had since Thursday. But then I also spoke to workers that were tested negative. And you can imagine on both sides, Patricia, the concern, the fear and the stress on both sides of it for, the, for themselves and for their families coming home and sharing that news was very distressful for everyone concerned. The workers testing negative, are they fearful about going back into the plant? Yes, they were the ones I met over the weekend a lot. They, they showed me, they got a text on their phone that they were tested negative. While they were delighted with the news, they were still very fearful of going back to work because they felt while Keypack have, like other meat factories, I'd say, put in the proper social distancing now and over the last 10 days they've been doing, have done that. Well, they said before that the conditions they were working in wasn't great. And they're still fearful because has tracing been done? Have they followed up? that it can't now begin, even though you could test it negative, you could go back and still get it or pass it on to someone working there with you. And that's the biggest concerns they have going forward, Patricia. And they, they are, they they are te- testing temperatures, uh, being, I'm told they're being carried out at the gate and they've been doing that for the last couple of months though. Yes, 
It has. And, and, and all fairness to Keypack again, I know one or two people that were sent home because their temperature were high. And again, that was doing the right thing. And I think they must be complimented for doing that. But obviously, the conditions and the fear and the concerns of the workers going in there, I know one or two that told me over the weekend, even though they tested negative, would not be going back to work yesterday. And that was the whole fearful they were because of this. And well, their families are very concerned. Yeah, and, you know, you can understand it, particularly if somebody has someone at home who maybe has an underlying health condition or is in an at-risk group. Nobody wants to bring the virus home that potentially you could be have no symptoms at all, but you could pass it on to somebody in your household that could become very unwell or worse, you could kill, kill one of your family members or feel exactly you've killed that. one of your family members, yeah. And that's it. I had another phone call from a lady that her husband works there and that she was very concerned exactly outlining the things you said to me there that this could come home, could could affect some of the family and cause huge concerns and health problems for them. And that's a huge fear for them. While they're, they, they appreciate the employment that Keypack give, all they want is the proper procedures to be followed. If there is, like the, you said at your start of the program, Minister Creda said, if a temporary shutdown has to happen to get this right, well, then so be it. And that's what they're saying, really, that they want to be they want to be protected like everyone else. OK, and I was reading over the weekend, you know, that Keypack, you know, do seem to be trying to do their best. As we mentioned, they have the temperature uh, checks. They have PPE uh, in use. They're using Perspect dividers. They, the shuttle bus, which bring staff to work at the plant, were more regular, which obviously were provide for social distancing on the trip to and from work. But there was media reports about some of the workers and their living arrangements. Are many living, the overseas workers, are many of them living together and then working and sharing a house? There is. There's no doubt about that. Femoy is one of the areas, but not, not just Femoy. There's all, as I said, um, Watergast Hill, Rackham, O'Connor, Kilworth, uh, Glanmire. They're living everywhere. We have some in Femoy. But I was heartened and confident yesterday when we're, I was at a town activation meeting, which you'll hear more about in the next couple of weeks, um, Patricia, where all the different groups are there. And the Gardaí were there. And one of the guardies said that when the question was asked about what we're talking about now, about people living in accommodation like this, KHC have visited them, have told them. And a lot of people have said, is the language barrier a problem, Patricia? And the guardie were able to confirm that, that translators have been brought in, that they must follow the right guidelines if they have been um, tested positive, or if they're not, they must follow all the regulations that are in at the moment. So I was heartened to hear that, that hopefully this will be addressed. And in some cases, Patricia, accommodation is provided by the factory. So maybe they need to look at that and get extra accommodation if needed to take the amount of people. I I don't don't know how many people are living in any one house, but if you have a full house, isn't it very hard to self-isolate? It's very hard to have a room that you can say, well, I'll self-isolate here and this is my bathroom, nobody else is to use this. Yes, without a doubt. And I, and I think the HSC are, are looking at that. As I say, I can't confirm how many has or where they have it or where anywhere in any towns or villages that they have it. But I, I was happy to hear that the HSC are working on okay. the cases. Okay. So Ev- everyone see everything that needs to be done appears to be done, which is certainly will give comfort to a lot of people. Talk to me then, Noel, about the local community. Uh, this is now not the workers, the people living uh, in and around the area where workers live. How are they reacting uh, to the news of the outbreak of the plant? Well, they, they were very concerned. As you can imagine, it was covered on, uh, on all our local papers and over the 
Friday and Saturday. And of course, people were worried. And then, Patricia, I'm glad you gave me that opportunity because then people put things up on social media. Well, they're quite entitled to do it and maybe they feel they're doing the right thing. But if you don't get things accurate, it worries people even more. And people were very concerned. And there was one comment made, stay out of Fomoy. At that meeting, the meeting I was at yesterday, and at the, speaking to people over the weekend, there were very people very upset over that because Fomoy is like every other town. Yes, we have cases. Yes, we're, we're trying to address them. But every business person in the town and every people that when you come in are all taking the right regulations and doing the best they can because this is new to everyone. And the meeting I was talking about yesterday was helping the business that was the first phase opened yesterday. Obviously, there's going to be problems and teething problems starting off. And here's and the meeting yesterday was to help these people with grants and with social distancing and so on. So I just want to reassure people, come to Fomoyes, like everyone else. There is, obviously, there is uh, some cases here where we're trying to address them with the HEC or trying to do that and hope to get it right. But you shouldn't be fearful coming to Fomoy or any other town or village for that matter. OK, and with the lifting of the restrictions under phase one yesterday, uh, day one, um, did it go well in Fomoy? People abiding by the guidelines? Yes, and I think, as I said, this town activation meeting yesterday where it's happening, Cockham to Council have, have introduced for all towns and then going on to the villages. They're helping people, all stakeholders, coming together to stroke, to put confidence in our towns and villages for people to come in. And yes, I saw it yesterday. People are, are doing the right thing. Obviously, as I said, it could be some teething problems. But it's, look, I have no doubt we'll get them right. And, and we need to show confidence now and get our towns up and running again. I think that's very important. Okay. Doing the right thing. Yeah, and as we were constantly banging on, shop local. Listen, shop uh, Noel, local thank you for that. We'll talk again. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Good thank morning you. to you. Uh, bye-bye for my based uh, Fine Gael Councillor Noel McCarthy. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. COVID-19 is challenging for everyone. If you are studying or doing schoolwork at the moment, it's often hard to stay focused when working alone at home. This is normal. Taking regular breaks and rewarding yourself is key to staying motivated. Following the order of subjects as they appear on your usual school timetable may help. Another option may be to take a short break after what is the usual length of a class period in your school. Your school may be using technology to support your education at this time. Remember to check the school website and your email regularly for messages from your school. And of course, make time for things you enjoy, whether it's watching your favourite TV show or connecting with friends online. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie. According to a survey carried out by DrinkAware, DrinkAware, of course, are the national charity for the prevention and reduction of alcohol misuse in this country. Half of Irish adults are now drinking every week, with 25% drinking more during the COVID-19 crisis. Miriam Tabor is with uh, DrinkAware. Miriam joins me. Good morning to you, Miriam. Good morning, Patricia. Now, did people say why they are drinking more? I mean, is it this all to do with stress and stressful lives that we're living through in this pandemic? Yeah, they did. So I suppose just for the context, you know, as the national charity at Rent and Reduce Outcomes Youth, like you say, it was really important for us to commission this research um, and have behaviour and attitudes conducted at this point in time so that we'd have the data evidence to support, I guess, what are mostly anecdotes on drinking habits during um, COVID uh, isolation or restrictions. 
And in terms of reasoning um, behind the 25% increase in drinking, the top reason that was cited by almost all participants, 88% of people, um, said that the main reason that they're drinking right now is to relax and unwind. So I think that is something that we can all resonate with at the moment. You know, mm-hmm. it's been it's been a long eight weeks. Some it's been longer for some than others. And you know, as we've all worked, you know, and played our part in adjusting to this new norm and following the government guidance as best we can, you know, relaxing and unwinding and finding something to do, um, where you you probably can't do the things that you normally would do to achieve that. You know, you can't train or you can't socialize with your friends in the normal, traditional sense of the way. You can't pop out for dinner, things like that. So, you know, what we're finding is more people are um, turning to alcohol use in the home to achieve that relaxation or unwinding at the end of the day. And does alcohol actually achieve it? It doesn't. Um, so alcohol's impact on mental health in general is, you know, it's well documented and it's well known and we would always say to people, you know, anxiety is high at the moment, stress is high at the moment. And, you know, certainly over the last few months, if, you know, a lot of us would have been having those feelings um, probably stronger than usual as the uncertainty of everything was unfolding. And, you know, the important thing to get across is that alcohol is an unhelpful coping strategy. So, you know, a lot of people, um, in fact, over half of Irish people, um, data from last year's research um, that we conducted showed actually use alcohol as a way to cope. And the reasons that people were citing are not kind of big, grand things that you might think. They're things that we all face um, that are like to deal with problems that we're facing or to deal with stress um, at a certain moment in time or to cope with anxiety. So, you know, we would all always say that actually alcohol is likely to increase the anxiety or stress and that you're feeling not less than it. And also alcohol um, will make, you know, it, it will make things a bit more difficult to deal with the problems that you're facing as well. Um, but so if, but if, if half of the Irish adults are saying they're drinking more, is there some bit of good news in that the other half are drinking less? There is. So, so it's a quarter um, of adults are saying that they're drinking more and actually an equal quarter are saying that they're drinking less. Oh, that's so this, good. So this, it was fantastic to see. It was a really, really encouraging finding. So that's the thing. Um, as you know, we're not trying to be all doom and gloom here. <laughs> there are positivities out there um, at this moment in time. And, you know, it is really striking to us that a quarter of people have said that they're drinking less because um, all the anecdotes that you've heard so far have been everybody's like drinking to excess and they're drinking more and people are stockpiling alcohol and, you know, reports of, um, we've certainly been seeing across our social media people getting in touch with us to say their local supermarket or people in their local off-license have been, you know, buying more alcohol than usual or the trolleys are full. And yes, one in four people are saying that they're drinking more, but an equal one in four are saying that they're using this time to actually look at their habits and go, no, I'm not, I'm going to drink a bit less. And for those that say have almost taken up home drinking who maybe never did home drinking before is there a danger Miriam that it becomes a habit then to drink at home more often? Absolutely I mean you know habits are really easy to form and especially when we're going through such uncertain times and the anxiety and everything that goes along with it but as we all know they are so much harder to break in the end so what we wouldn't want to see is alcohol misuse to be kind of an unintended consequence of our current um, health issues But I think it's a really great point to make because there are, you know, we know that about 60% of Irish drinking occasions now take place in the home. So 
we are already, before COVID-19, we did start to see that shift from our traditional pub culture to the home, which is something that we, I, ju- I just don't think we would have seen it 10 years ago. Um, so, you know, that was definitely on the way. But I think certainly there are an awful lot of people who are buying alcohol for the home for the first time in the past eight weeks when they probably never have before. And, you know, drinking at home presents its own issues as well where it's a very comfortable environment. You know, we often hear from people at our workshops, very easy to, you know, drink a bottle of wine without even intending to because you're on your own couch watching your own TV, possibly in your pajamas. They're very comfortable. It's a nice kind of relaxed environment. And also, you know, you're not um, facing the same guidance or restrictions that pubs um, place on you that you probably don't even notice. So, for example, measures. You yeah. know, alcohol it's is measured. All, but it's pubs. always been the danger, isn't it, with home drinking and yeah. someone's oh, is famous for, oh, you're very heavy-handed there with the bottle. Yeah. You've no idea what you... You can have one drink that could have double what you would get served in a bar. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's a, there's a few points on it that always resonate with people is that People always ask us, what is one drink and or what's one glass of wine is probably the most common question that we're asked. And, you know, the response is really, how long is a piece of string? Because one glass of wine to me is very different to one glass of wine and um, to other people, particularly now, because glasses are so, so big and they can, some can hold what's quite unhealthy amounts of alcohol. Um, so, you know, we would just try and encourage people to get to know um, the low-risk guidelines, which are 11 standard drinks spread out over the week for women and 17 for men. So 11 standard drinks is the equivalent of roughly slightly less than one and a half bottles of wine. And 17 standard drinks is about eight and a half pints. So for some people, that might be an awful lot. And then for others, it's a lot less than they thought. And so, you know, especially at home, we would always encourage people to use a measure. And, you know, we have one available on our website for free, um, drinkaway.ie, if people would like to order one. It can help you to, you know, pour the same measures that you'd be be receiving in the pub. And it can help you to um, keep your drinking below the low risk guidelines as well. But I also think, to your point about it being heavy handed or free pouring, you know, there's an awful lot of people, in fact, a quarter of the Irish population don't actually drink alcohol at all. So it's a great thing. Something like a measure is a great thing for somebody who doesn't drink themselves to have in the house because then they can pour the right measure for somebody because they're not used to pouring spirits or wine. So, you know, in, instead of sending people away, possibly with more alcohol um intake than they intended you know you have that measure there and it can make things um, a bit easier to understand Okay and uh, interesting also you've seen an increase in visits to your website drinkaware.ie We have um, so in April um, just about 90,000 people visit our website Um, so what we can see from that is that people are I guess in equal parts concerned about their drinking habits about you know maybe acknowledging that they're possibly drinking a bit more than they usually would um, during our COVID-19 restrictions but also they're taking the step they're being proactive about looking for information and tools that might help them to be more mindful about how much they're drinking or indeed cut out alcohol entirely and you know that's about four times three I think it's about three or four times um, higher than the amount of visits we received in April last year so we can see that you know, people are being very conscious about how much they're consuming and, you know, taking those small little steps to go, okay, how do I, you know, drink a bit less? How do I, you know, get back to my normal, um, I suppose, if you do drink, your normal alcohol consumption instead of, you know, our research found that 
14 people or 14 percent um, of Irish adults are now drinking four or more times every week in the past 30 days. So, you know, that's significantly more than a lot of people would usually drink in the home. And, you know, for all the reasons that we've said already about the risks associated with, you know, possibly drinking a bit more at home, I think it's worth, you know, if people want to visit our website, it's there, drinkaware.ie. There are free tools. There's a calculator where you can input what you had to drink and it will show you whether you're above or below the guidelines. It will put that into a health impact context and it will show you things like calories and sugar, which is, you know, really important for some people, especially you know, if they have another health-related health condition like diabetes or something, it can be particularly useful. Okay, to and that's all on drinkaware.ie. Listen, Miriam, thank you for that, and uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Thanks very much. Good Take morning care. to you. Bye bye. That is Miriam Tabor uh, joining us from Drink Aware. Eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. We're going to take a break. We've news at eleven on the way. Court today on C one zero three with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. The Department of Rural and Community Development has launched a plan called Community Call to support the work of the people who are ensuring that the most vulnerable in our community are kept safe and well. Each local council has established a community response forum to coordinate COVID-19 related community supports. As part of this, each local authority has established a helpline that vulnerable people can phone if they are looking for basic services such as delivery of food or meals or transport for essential trips. If you want to volunteer, you can register with your local volunteer centre or sign up online at www.i-vol.ie Some volunteer roles will be directly related to the COVID-19 outbreak while others may be related to helping community organisations to keep normal services running. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. We were talking about alcohol and the increase in alcohol use since the COVID-19 crisis. And I wasn't in any way surprised to hear that more people, when they were surveyed, were honest enough to admit, yeah, I'm drinking more than I've done before. There's boredom, but there's also the stress levels and people just feel, I need something to help me relax. I'll grab the bottle of wine, I'll grab the beer, I'll grab the vodka, whatever it is. uh, drink aware, just concerned that too many people are drinking uh, too much. Uh, somebody says, and uh, just a couple of texts in on that. One listener says, I am drinking a lot at home and I worry because I've got high blood pressure. I know I shouldn't be, but it's very hard times at the moment. Uh, and I feel that's the reason that I'm drinking. Well, according to the survey, you're, you're, you're certainly not on your own. And someone else says, listening about alcohol and drinking at home, what's missing here is physical support for people who have an addiction to alcohol, not Zooming meetings for people. What we need is the actual AA meetings websites, suggesting people go to websites and they can find out about sugar intake. That's not going to work for all people. If people have issues, they need AA meetings. Are they closed at the moment? I know the last time we looked into anything to do with AA meetings, they've gone online because of social distancing 
and all of that. So I'm assuming it's still the same idea. I haven't heard to the contrary that it's changed in any way that the regular AA meetings have opened up again. And uh, Frank uh, says, my hometown has gone alcohol mad. I have seen people have parties, invite non-family members. I've seen people so drunk they're getting sick in their front gardens. They're shouting and roaring. They're fighting. These parties can go on until four or five in the morning. And by the way, social distancing is not happening happening at any of these uh, parties. Yeah, we reg- not regularly, but we do get calls in from people who are complaining about house parties going on in their area. Some people will abide by all of the rules and regulations, but others just won't. Others just don't seem to care at all about COVID-19 and, and we'll, we'll, we, that's the way it will always be as we get through this pandemic. We will have hopefully the majority of people abiding by the rules and the minority will just choose to ignore which is really, really difficult for those of us that are doing our bit and are trying to make sure that we're abiding by all of the rules. We were talking about uh, KEPAC in the last hour and the sense of worry from the workers that are going into the KEPAC plant and also people who live near workers of uh, KEPAC. A listener says, uh, Patricia, could you ask Noel, and for he's, he's gone off the line by the time your text came in, but I'm wondering what has been done about KEPAC employees who walk around for Moy going into chemists and going into other shops. I've seen them and sometimes there can be three of them out together. Surely they should be all self-isolating. I know, for example, of 14 who live in flats in uh, for Moy. But you see, the thing with, with KEPAC, okay, it's between, KEPAC won't confirm exactly how many workers have tested positive. It's anywhere between 120 and 150 have confirmed positive. And that's out of a workforce, though, of 650 employees. Listening to Noel, mass testing was done. Everybody at the plant uh, was tested. And some people then were shocked to get a phone call to say they tested positive because they didn't have any symptoms at all. But the majority of, even if you go that higher figure, of say it is 150 workers have tested positive. That means 500 employees tested negative and don't have uh, COVID-19. So when you're saying that you're seeing workers going out to to the shop and why aren't they self-isolating? They're not self-isolating because they've already been tested and they've tested negative. Now, while they were waiting for their test results, I don't know what was going on, if they were self-isolating or not. But the rules are, I mean, anyone who goes for a COVID-19 test is all told to self-isolate until you get the results back. That's why they're trying to speed up the results so that people aren't unnecessarily self-isolating when they don't actually have the virus at all. But seeing workers out and about, it doesn't mean that any of them have, actually if you see them out now, it means that more than likely they're COVID-19 negative because they have already had the test. But yeah, I can sense the worry and concern though and and people are worried and people are uh, concerned. Okay, some other of your texts coming into us. There is somebody looking for help with a little bit of an unusual one, if I can find it here, because listeners are normally great to come up with suggestions on this one, Uh, including, by the way, thank you to people who are suggesting where I could get the toilet. My toilet seat is broken. And then people suggesting numerous places where I can get a new toilet seat. Thank you for that. Uh, hi Patricia, strange request. My friend's mum uses Colette shampoo and it is available in Aldi from time to time as she's not doing her shopping herself at the moment 
Her family and us, their friends, are all looking for this particular brand of shampoo. At this stage, the mother doesn't believe we're actually all out searching for it. Would you put a shout out to your listeners? Does anybody know of anywhere else in the Mallow area who stocks this particular brand of shampoo? Colette, C-O-L-E-T. It is in a green bottle. You can buy a separate Colette shampoo and a separate uh, conditioner. And I have seen it because I, I Googled the bottle to see, do, do I know this particular brand of shampoo? And I do. And it's, I, I've seen that green bottle in Aldi. It's not there every week. They sort of get it in every now and again. And then when it's gone, it's gone kind of thing. And then it comes back again. And it's obviously it's not in store at the moment. So does, has, does anybody know of anywhere else in the Mallow area where this family can buy this Colette shampoo for this lady who's obviously cocooning and she's not believing that there is a big hunt on for the Colette shampoo. So if anybody knows where it's available, ideally in the Mallow area, can you let us know, please? 1850-333-103. People having problems getting through to phone uh, companies and having problems with their phone company. Uh, Tim says, I was putting on the the wrong package by air uh, and it was to have been corrected every month, but it wasn't. I felt somebody hit a gamble problem and I gave them 10 minutes to fix it or the Gardaí would be told it worked. I I felt someone had, I'm not quite sure. Anyway, whatever he threatened them with worked and he got it sorted out. Uh, Hi uh, Patricia, I rang Vodafone last week, 35 minutes on the phone, most awful experience and while the girl had good English, I simply couldn't understand what she was saying. I ended up putting the phone on speaker. And my daughter, who was with me, said she couldn't understand a word she was saying either. Uh, I said yes to everything. I hope I haven't signed up for something I shouldn't uh, have. Hopefully you haven't as well. It is difficult when you're ringing a call centre and you know by the accent on the phone that the call centre isn't in the country. And particularly over the phone, it can be very difficult. I always, though, you know, you just have to say to people, sorry, I can't understand you. Can you repeat that? And can you repeat it slowly until you know for sure what somebody is saying? But yeah, I, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I've, I've been there myself before. Uh, it is difficult. Mags on about the Keypack worker says, nurses and doctors and other healthcare professionals, particularly those that are working on COVID-19 wards, they're exposed to the virus on a daily basis, no less than meat workers. So Mags doesn't know why everybody's getting into such a hoo-ha about the Keypack uh, workers. Patricia, when I hear Minister Harris as another texter telling us to cop on, it makes my blood boil. The people have done nothing wrong here. It was allowing the airports and ports to be open. That's what brought the virus into this country. So please tell Minister Harris to tell Minister Michael to tell Minister Simon Coveney that he should be the one copping himself on. Hate to hear it, says this particular uh, texter. Somebody else who doesn't want their name mentioned says, Patricia, could you please find out what safety precautions are being carried out in Mallow General Hospital in relation to COVID-19? I have an appointment tomorrow and I'm stressed about it. Oh, please, please don't be stressed. All of the hospitals are just absolutely putting the best of safety precautions in place to protect everybody coming in and out of the hospital. I've heard of so many people who now that the hospital started to reopen and going back into hospitals and even when the hospitals were nearly virtually on lockdown, everybody I've heard that has attended any appointment has said it's incredible the procedures that they have put in place. So please don't be worried in any way because at the hospital they're there protecting themselves, the staff, but they're there very much to protect you, the patient. So make sure that you attend to that appointment 
appointment. It is so important now because people are starting to get appointments. Hospitals are starting to open up. Consultants are starting to see people again. It is very, very important that you go along to those uh, appointments. So the best of luck with it and you will be fine and try not to stress yourself out. Have a good night's sleep get your appointment over and done with tomorrow and hopefully you'll get some good news from the appointment as well. We are going to be talking about learner drivers and the learner permits and says Patricia what is the latest for people getting uh, a driver's uh, licence when you can't renew a driver's licence at the moment you are allowed to drive around on an out of date licence they've all been extended now but I think it's four months it's the same with your NCT uh, certificate we'll let you know when the NDLS centres have reopened but for now they are all uh, closed someone just on the driving tests says this is Dave in Carrigaline says good day Patricia I see no reason why driving tests cannot commence right away. The tester could sit in the rear seat of the car he or she could wear PPE gear they could have a face shield on you could have a clear screen could be fitted between the front and the back seats. Lots of ways around it where testing could take place and could take place safely. Testing Dave in Carrigaline Fields is an essential service and it is for people who are desperately, desperately waiting to get a test. Younger drivers are really getting caught out and the people who were about to take their test when they had the cancels, they're the ones I really do feel uh, sorry for. Um, Okay, just on guard the checkpoints then. Remember the heartbreaking letter that I had in from our listener whose daughter is going once a week bringing a bag of groceries and her dinners for the week because this uh, lady says, described in her letter herself, says I'm an old lady and I live alone, hasn't been outside of the door for two months, not able to walk. Um, Before the virus came, her daughter would take her out a few times a week. They'd go for a bit of a drive, maybe go out for uh, a meal. But since lockdown has occurred, since cocooning was introduced, this woman is doing everything by the book. She's staying indoors. Her daughter brings the bag of groceries and her dinners for the week. But the problem is that the daughter has been stopped at the guard at the checkpoints and asked where she's going. Daughter doesn't mind being stopped. But what the daughter is taking umbrage to is the fact that some, I'm not saying all of the guard at the checkpoints, are asking to look into the bag of groceries just to make sure that the daughter is telling the truth and that she is saying, I'm going to see my elderly mother who lives down this road, blah, 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 blah. And now it's got to the point where the daughter has said to the mother that if this they keep doing that, she's going to stop bringing me the dinners. And this lady wrote to say, is that right? Can they do that? And the fact she's obeying all the rules and that her daughter's obeying all the rules, feeling it's just very, very unfair. And I was trying to explain that she's not on her own, that they some of the guards do go to great lengths to make sure that the person that they are speaking to is actually uh, telling the uh, truth. Pat says, at the checkpoints in the last few days, the guard, they do, do not appear to be checking for the virus. They're never checking for the virus though, uh, Pat. Anyway, they're using the checkpoints to check for tax and insurance and NCT. This stopping people is just uh, an excuse. Well, they've never stopped checkpoints checking for tax and insurance. The NCT, you're okay. You can be out of date now by four months on your NCT. So they're not doing anything about the NCT. But the actual stopping for tax and insurance, that never actually stopped 
are they doing it at the same time when they're checking to see where people are travelling to? Probably. But remember, Pat, if even in the middle of a pandemic, unfortunately, if you are driving without tax or insurance, you are you are breaking the law. So the Gardaí are entitled to make sure that your tax and insurance on your windscreen is up to date. As I said, the NCT you are OK uh, with. And then some people reacting to the daughter in this uh, particular case and not that happy with what the daughter the way the daughter has handled this situation somebody says I think the daughter should be ashamed of herself she's putting her mother under her elderly mother under pressure and it's actually frightening her what the daughter should do is contact the local sergeant or superintendent and explain what she's doing and explain that she's going to visit her mother maybe get some kind of a letter with the guard the issue with some kind of uh, a letter but I don't this person says that I that doesn't like what this lady's daughter is saying to the to to the mother because it's actually frightening her. And uh, Sarah says, uh, "Hi, Patricia. I think that lady's daughter should get over herself. For God's sake, they're looking into the shopping bag. She hasn't been handcuffed and body star- searched. Stop worrying your mother by saying you won't come anymore. Can't you see that you're stressing her out and causing her to panic? Look after your ma'am. You only get." one appreciate her while you have her and that comes in from Sarah in Mallow and I think a lot of people will agree with that point you only get one ma'am she won't be around forever uh, look after her and appreciate her and as I was trying to explain to the mother we're now in a situation where you can go back out for your drives you're allowed out your, your daughter I'm not saying she's in a position to do it every day but I mean if she was doing it a couple of times a few times a week before you can still go out for a drive I know you've got to stay within the five kilometres even if you have to circle the five kilometres a few times but you can go out for a drive try and suggest that uh, to your daughter and then there was a lovely offer and you see I don't know this lady has written to me but she hasn't put her address on it so I don't know what part of the county she's contacting me from but if she wants to contact me again because there's the sweetest offer it from a listener saying if that lady's in the general Mallow area I wouldn't mind calling I'll bring my son along with me we'll do a few jobs for her We'll even social distancing, stay out in the garden, have a little bit of a chat with her. And by the way, I'm talking about doing this free of uh, charge. Isn't that a lovely, lovely uh, suggestion? And there is, there's a lot of other help available as well. And that's the message that I'm trying to get across to this lady. And even if the daughter decides for whatever reason that she doesn't want the Gardaí looking into the bag of groceries and looking in at the dinner and does decide to stop, I want to get the message across to this woman that there's help available and we will get help to her and we will get other, you know, there's lots of people will do the grocery shopping and we'll somehow arrange for dinners. I just don't know where she is. If we get to that stage, uh, I'll be trying to get in contact with her, maybe have a chat with her over the phone uh, myself. And then the, the the person who's offered the help if she was in the general Mallow area, which I think is a lovely, lovely, kind offer and thank Thank you for that. Says just on another thing at the end of the the message, I'd like to comment on the town council worker who I see a lot passing through the town who cleans the town streets and the bins. That's the man. He drives that little blue vehicle. Is it a blue vehicle? He drives. He's always out cleaning the street. Somebody will know uh, his name. Anyway, I just want to comment on him today because he cleans the bin. He cleans the streets and he empties all the bins. Will you ever tell him publicly on air that he's doing a super job 
and it doesn't go unnoticed because he probably thinks it does having to repeat the cleaning day after day and clean up after other people but I want him to know says this texture that he really is appreciated so I don't know if somebody can let us know who that town council worker is the man who's always out and he always seems to have a smile and uh, he's always out cleaning and he does a fantastic job and it is really nice to publicly recognise somebody like that uh, because council workers can get flack and can get stick and can people having a go at them and they do great work and there's one man in particular who's doing a fantastic uh, job so if anybody has his name let me know as I say I'd be only I'd be only too glad uh, to give him a, a mention and Michael in Clonakilty says Hi Patricia I wonder if you would highlight this to me please as you know there has been a huge increase in the number of people who are walking the public roads these days I'm amazed to note though the numbers who end up walking on the wrong side of the road I, so, I think some people actually do not know the correct rules of the road where pedestrians are concerned. When pedestrians are out walking, they need to walk on the right-hand side of the road facing the oncoming traffic. It is extremely dangerous to be walking on the other side, the left-hand side of the road. As the traffic approaching you from behind, you will have no way of knowing how close they are to you as they pass. So please, 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 would you highlight it on your show as often as possible. Thanks a million and stay safe. So to all of you who are going out, and it's great to see the number of people who are going out walking. Actually, I have a piece, I'll hopefully get to it later on in the programme, showing there's actually an increase in people exercising since the lockdown. I know there's lots of jokes on social media about people at one stage it was called the Corona Stone that people felt that they're putting on weight because we're all at home more and we're all eating more and lots of people have noticed that that we seem to be snacking more that down to boredom absolutely uh, it is down to boredom but there are another large cohort of people who've actually taken up exercise since the lockdown which has got to be welcomed so there will be a proportion of people who will come out of lockdown fitter than what they went into it. And a number of them are have taken up uh, walking. But if you are going walking, particularly in rural areas, and Michael in Clonakilty lives in a lovely neck of the woods and he's just noticed people out driving on the country, walking on the country roads, you need to walk on the right-hand side of the road. You always need to be facing the oncoming traffic. So please bear that in mind. And thank you, uh, Michael, for your text to 0862 103 103. C103 Jobs. Agri fabricating business that's in the North Cork area are looking for an experienced welder slash fabricator. Experience in structural steel, by the way, would be an advantage. Domestic and commercial electricians are wanted for new build homes and commercial units that's in the Cork area. Staff nurse wanted for Grange Con nursing home that's between Blarney and Ballancolic. And a part-time health assistant with QQI Level 5 needed for Kilmalik. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. It's time to Due to COVID-19, cocooning is advised for all people over 70 years old. If a family member or friend is cocooning, here's some helpful advice. They should stay home and avoid face-to-face contact. Keep in touch by phone or online. Stay mobile by moving as much as possible. Go for a short walk while maintaining strict social distancing. 
ask others to get shopping or medicine. Use the phone to contact their GP or other services. And remember, no visitors except for essential carers. It's time to This message is supported by Home Instead Senior Care. Their staff are fully equipped to ensure your loved one's safety in their own homes. See homeinstead.ie. For COVID-19 updates and information, stay listening to C103. Connect with C103 on Twitter now. Search for our Twitter handle at C103 Cork. Cork today on C103. Call Patricia with your comment. 1850-333-103. And when I mentioned Michael in Clonakilty and his advice asking me to tell people what side of the road people are out walking more and to make sure that they are walking on the right-hand side of the road facing the oncoming traffic can be very dangerous if there's a car coming behind you and you can't see the car. Somebody says, Patricia, while, you, while you're at it, will you ever mention what side of the road cyclists should be cycling on? I have met a couple of cyclists cycling on the wrong side of the road and when I stopped, pointed out to them, I got abused. God almighty. The stupidity of some uh, people. Thank you for your text to 0862103103. Now, yesterday we heard, and I can see texts coming in again today from some learner drivers who feel they have been left in limbo by the prolonged cancellation of driving tests. Carrigaline Municipal District Councillor Ben Ben Dalton O'Sullivan was tweeting about this very issue at the weekend and he joins me. Good morning to you, Ben. Good morning, Patricia. Thanks ben, for the call. Well, you're welcome. You were reacting to the Minister for Transport, Shane Ross, saying there will be no early opening of driving test centres. What do you believe we need to do to get driving tests back up and running? And why do you believe we need to do it? Well, it's like this, Patricia. Look, that's certainly an issue. And I think there's 25,000 people now waiting. But, Patricia, I, I've had calls coming in for the past four weeks. I've been chasing this um, from people who might be living in a two-person household um, young people who are genuinely scared of being called for a COVID-19 test because the person who they're living with, they're a company driver, might be cocooning or have a vulnerable uh, health condition. And they're now faced with the dilemma that if they're called to a drive-through test, they have to ask that person to sit into the car next to them, possibly with COVID-19. So that is a concern that's out there with people there in my municipal area. And I was talking to Councillor Frank Roach there early this morning and he said that it's a similar issue for him. He's been getting calls and from I in Mitchellstone. So, um, like, I, I don't think it's acceptable for the Minister to come on uh, RT there last week and say that um, the law is the law, that's it, no solutions. I think we're in the middle of a health pandemic. There has to be solutions. We have to, fu- we have to figure something out. It's, and I know we're hearing from, it's affecting people trying to get to and from work, those uh, that are working. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's certainly another issue, people working in nursing homes and on the front line. But um, the issue, I, I think the Minister, it's not acceptable for the Minister to come out and say there's no solutions. The amount of anxiety that the Minister caused last week with people who might be living with another person who has a vulnerable health condition um, offering them no solutions, saying that I'm, he basically said to them, I'm sorry, the law is the law. If you need to go for a COVID-19 test, you do need to ask the person to accompany you. Now, I've looked at all the other ministers and the handling of their briefs uh, throughout this crisis and the handling of Shane Ross and his ministerial brief is appalling. Uh, You look to the likes of Minister Heather Humphreys who brought out a business package. Uh, People made suggestions and said, came up with different scenarios. She changed that on a weekly and daily basis as needed be. 
But Shane Ross has offered no solutions. It's not acceptable. Um, like a very simple solution to this is to tell the young people uh, to make sure to request a test in their home, not to um, go to a drive through test centre, tell their GP they can't go and ask someone to go out and test them. That isn't being offered from the, the, the Ministry of Transport. Uh, there's, there's a big communication issue there. That that's one of the biggest issue that I, that's the biggest issue I'm feeling that's coming out of this anyway. And a lot of a lot of uh, TDs I know have been trying to suggest, uh, particularly rural based uh, TDs have suggested that almost like a slight uh, not an amnesty we'll never get an amnesty that yeah. will never happen again and, and there's EU regulations there that we can't give an amnesty for a driving licence we know that but an, an amnesty that for the period of the pandemic would allow learner drivers to drive unaccompanied is that something you think should be done or is that a step too far? Um, I think um, certainly I know there's TDs out there calling for us but I think we have to look at us with a bit of balance as well Um Certainly, it's not the answer in all the cases, but I think the minister has to sit down with his top advisors and recognise this is a problem, uh, try and figure out the solutions, um, seeing if there could be close contact made with local Garda in certain situations, maybe if they're working in a nursing home or a hospital. Um, but it, I mean, by all means, if it's a possible solution, it should be looked at. But I just don't think it's acceptable for the minister to go out and say there's no solutions. I think there has to yeah, be and, and what about, the Yeah, I mean, is he looking at any way around having the test? You know, somebody earlier on when I mentioned you were coming on made a you know, pretty mm. enough simple suggestion about the, the tester could be sitting in the back seat, uh, you yeah. know, wearing PPE gear, wearing a shield. You know, somebody else was saying that there's got to be some kind of a divider that, you know, a, a perspect divider that you could put between the back seat and the front seat. number yeah. of people are saying, could the department not look at using the motorcycle test protocols for driving tests? Yeah, I mean, there, there, there are solutions. There are solutions, and that's all very valid. And even if they could bring something like that in for the frontline workers and prioritise them, because we have a situation where the driving tests are suspended indefinitely. And um, the minister again last week said that um, he extended the learner permits by four months, and he wasn't too keen on extending them again. He wasn't too keen the idea. So that's going to cause um, a big issue down the line um, after the 30th of June. But I yeah. think that, that there is there is solutions to this. And look, I about. Four weeks ago was first raised, raised to me there by a person in Ballinhasig with um, a learner permit. And I contacted Senator Jared Crockwell and his office was very good there, Gene up in the office. Um, he got onto the, Gene and Jared Crockwell got onto the uh, people in the Gardaí and the, the rest of the people. And they're all they're all coming back with the one answer. It's a policy issue for the minister. The Gardaí implement the law. If they stop someone unaccompanied, the law is the law. Oh, the law is the law. And I know Shane Ross, when he was asked, you know, was there any way he would allow learner drivers drive unaccompanied? uh, He was adamant that that's not happening. And he did make the point that they could go on to cause road deaths. I mean, there is that there is that side of it. But I think we need to be thinking outside the box around how we get testing up and running. And my big fear, 25,000, it was at 17,000, I think, at the start when they started cancelling the, the, the tests. How long are learner drivers going to have to wait to get a test when it does reopen? That's it. And I think Matthew McGrath there was speaking there last week as well. And he said it could be 2021. Now, that, that's all being floated. But, but Patricia, this isn't the first time that Minister Ross has had to be called up on an issue during this pandemic. And I mentioned uh, Councillor Frank Roach there um, a while back in the conversation. And he, the, I, I met him there a few days up in the County Hall about four weeks ago. 
and the lengths he had to go to to sort out an issue for the heavy goods vehicle drivers because there was no answer in Minister Ross's office. He was ringing people in Leinster House to try and track him down. He wasn't to be seen. And I know people get very annoyed whenever we mention Minister Shane Ross because technically he's unelected at the moment because he lost his yep. seat. He's just there while the and government uh, tries to get formed and I, and I know that is um, a mean, frustration. He, he's on 3,500 a week and he's not offering solutions. I'm sorry, that's not good enough in a health pandemic. Okay, all right. Well, let's see. Yep. Let's, let's see what happens. And just very finally, Ben, I saw you on uh, Facebook at the weekend. You were involved in a cemetery clean-up. That's right, yeah, out in Ballygarf. And we've a very historic cemetery there, Killingly. It's um, based there kind of by the Glen Road. And it, it is one of the oldest churches and the oldest watchtowers in the country. And there's a great team of volunteers who cleaning it up and um, litter-picking, weeding tended the graves it's fantastic yeah I love to see those uh, community initiatives I think they're great and you are you're discovering very old graves as well when you, when you get involved the, we, we found graves from the 1700s wow and there's, there's wow. a grave there from Father Florence McCarthy where it was a place of pilgrimage uh, for Not people and they leave their crutches and their walking sticks and it, it's fantastic and it's amazing when, when you start kind of cutting back the grass is small but you see the headstones and the tombs coming up and it, it's a very historic place and look just thanks to all the volunteers there for listening. Who and it's called, it's, I, I, I'd never heard of it before, it's Killingly. Killingly, Killingly, yeah, Killingly. Cemetery in, in, Bally, in Ballygarvin. Ballygarvin. And, and I'm assuming it's an old, it's, it's not an in-use um, graveyard anymore, um, it's just an old... No, no, the, no. There's, there's an old section to it and then there's a new section. Oh, OK. So the, okay. The, there's people, the new section is being used, but the old section, it was kind of overgrown there and things, but there's great work being done anyway. And, uh, just, and it's, just a, group, it's yeah. just a group of local people got together? Just a group of local people. We meet there at half eleven on a Saturday morning, social distancing. Um, we've our youngest uh, volunteer is seven, and uh, you know they go out their litter pickers and washing headstones, and it, it's great. Okay, it's terrific. It's, it's brilliant. It's, yeah, it's, it's great. brilliant. It's great. Long, long may that wonderful community spirit uh, last. Uh, listen, Ben, thank you for that, and uh, thanks, thanks for, for thanks for joining us on the program. Good morning to you. That is uh, Councillor Ben uh, Dontel O'Sullivan on that whole issue with uh, learner drivers, and there are so many young young. It's not just young people, but it's predominantly an issue that's affecting young people. Desperate, particularly those as I say, the ones that were waiting and ready to do their tests, and then their tests got got cancelled, and now. They're just scrambling or will be scrambling with the general population to try to get a new test date. I mean, that in itself, I think, needs to be sorted. It's unfair if somebody's test was cancelled that they are not first in the list when it uh, reopens. And thank you to somebody who says the council worker that we were talking about cleaning the streets in Mallow and doing a fantastic uh, job is Paul Hickey. Is that the gentleman's uh, name? Well, if... I don't know if Paul listens to us or not, but in case he doesn't, would somebody tell him that we were talking about him today and that we just want to publicly acknowledge that his work is very, very much appreciated. Uh, Somebody says on driving tests, why can't the driving test be done on a simulator? Pilots learn to fly planes on a simulator. Yeah, they learn to fly planes, but when they're doing their, when they then have to get their flight, they don't do a test, but they don't have to get their flight hours in. I don't know if we would ever get to the stage you'd be able to do a driving test on a simulator. But I do think it is now is a time to be thinking outside of the box. If we have a minister saying that there is no chance in the foreseeable future that driving tests are going to be back up because he was talking about you can't possibly social distance. You can't have two people sitting in a car and social dis- distancing. So 
is there another way we can do it so that if they are both in the car and they can't be the two metres apart but just to make everybody safe and I do think that suggestion of the person wearing the full PPE gear and you know or even if some kind of a screen could be put up there's got to be another way around it or as a number of people saying why can't you use the motorcycle test protocols where where you would have the tester in a separate car somebody else is suggesting could you not put cameras into the inside of the car if the person who's doing the test have the tester in another car feeding a microphone in an earphone in telling the person turn left and then you just review the film footage afterwards we just think it's thinking outside the box is what needs to be done 1850 John Paul and Sadie taking your course text to WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Cork today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie and some of your uh, calls uh, coming into us Mary says thank you to Tuhi Holidays and Lillian Eild Wilton who got our money back from our cancelled holiday we had to wait six weeks for the money back God you're doing well to get your money back because I had a piece trying to find of so many pieces on uh, people getting their money back um, from companies uh, and uh, the airlines have been told that they must give the money back. Remember there was a change. The, this is the air uh, passengers hoping for a refund for from cancelled flights. Ryanair, if you're waiting with Ryanair, you may be facing a long delay. The airline is uh, warning that you may have to wait until after the unprecedented crisis is uh, over. Uh, the budget airline said that they are happy to accommodate customers who want refunds or, or vouchers are to be rerouted, but they say they're pro- processing uh, 10,000 times the usual volume of cancellations. They also have fewer staff doing the work due to social uh, dis- distancing. And if you've been following this on social media, the Ryanair have come in for unbelievable flack on social media in recent weeks because you know passengers were saying how difficult it was to get through to them and that they were trying to get their money back and they couldn't get their money back. Now it wasn't just Ryanair, there was a number of other carriers were accused of prioritising, even Aer Lingus were accused of prioritising vouchers over cash uh, refunds. But it was last week the European Commission, they confirmed that they had received letters from 12 countries uh, including Ireland by the way uh, looking for the Commission to temporarily scrap the law and issue vouchers instead but they wrote back to all 12 countries and said they would be breaching the consumer guidelines if they didn't guarantee the right to cash refund from cancelled flights. So the Commission did say that if airlines wanted to make vouchers more attractive feel free to do that but at the end of the day the consumer rights were that if somebody wanted the cash free refund they had to be offered the cash refund and now Ryanair say that they are going to give uh, the cash refund and they will abide by all of the EU uh, regulations but, they're, but at the moment they're issuing vouchers and if at the end of the period of the voucher you still haven't used it then they're saying that they will give you a uh, refund 
um, they will give you a refund. Aer Lingus, by the way, have also reiterated that customers can, can choose a voucher. They're giving an enhanced voucher, though. They're giving flight, whatever you paid, plus uh, 10%. Uh, if it was cancelled or not, and they're doing that up to uh, September. But again, uh, there, there seems to be delays, even though they are saying that they're honouring uh, refunds. I don't know if anyone from Aer Lingus, because I know the last time we spoke about vouchers and people trying to get refunds, we had people waiting on money back from Aer Lingus and they said that they weren't getting it even though I'm reading in the papers today that uh, Aer Lingus say that they are honouring a refund I know on a, on a personal one I can I can actually speak and say I'm waiting on a refund and I haven't got it back yet but if anybody else has from Aer Lingus certainly would be interested uh, to hear from you. Dave uh, Scully oh this is Dave who we spoke with uh, last week from uh, Scully's Butchers in Clonakilty. Uh, good morning to you Dave Good morning, Patricia. How are you keeping I keep hearing you and me jump up with a really good promo together with the two of I us see, chatting. I I keep hearing you. Uh, anyway, you had a problem with um, air. Just remind us of the problem that you had. Well, we um, our contract was up and our bill went from 70 to 90 euros to up to 180 per month and then 200. And then eventually the bill was 630 and there was no contact with anybody. And uh, we... I went up to the bank and they cancelled the direct debit on the day before it was due to be taken out on the fourth month. So uh, when when the money is gone, the money is gone, you know. So mm. we went up and cancelled it straight away. And it's only after being on your show then last week that we got contact with somebody and they rang us now and we had a battle, a battle and a half to try to get it sorted. It's dreadful. But in the end, no, we did. Like, we had to go... One ladder was just saying, no, if you were to call, this is the situation. It has to be paid, you know? Yeah. So I was telling you that the two sales representatives that came in to me on the day I cancelled the direct debit, that was their key because they were sales rep and they should have sold me a new... A new... A new, uh, a new package. A new package, you know? Yeah, yeah. So in the end, then we, we got the overcharges taken off. We got the, uh, the fines taken off for not paying in time, you know. Which wasn't your fault. Which wasn't our fault because we wanted to get it started on the fourth month when we had the problem but we couldn't get in contact with anybody. So my, my advice to anybody out there with providers, take control of your money back. Yeah, yeah. Cancel your direct debit. So now when, when there is a problem, they'll have to come to you. Yeah, and, and, they, and, they, and, they, the and they will come. But already today we're getting calls in from people the, the frustration of trying to get through to air. That and, and that's the reason I rang you back. Just oh, there. it's just shocking, isn't it? Brutal. Now, I will say, the lad who got through to in the end, his name was Jason, and he was brilliant. He was very good. Yeah, you see, that that's it. If you can get through to somebody, when you do get through to somebody, they're fantastic workers. Yeah. But it's actually trying to get to that human being to speak to somebody. That's exactly it. And they hear your plight. They understand. And each one of them have a job. And they can only go as far as that level. So, if like, for me to get a refund, he was saying, no, the bill is right. That's the way it is. You've used the calls. But because the contract was up, after one minute past 12 into the next day, you go from a flat rate to a ginormous rate. Ah, so that was why your bill went through the roof. Yeah, but he said it's a rate that everybody is charged yeah. and every provider has the same rate. So every provider will do the same. You see, that's there, there, there's a lesson to be learned there. When you sign up to a new contract, you need to mark something in a diary or on a calendar to let you know when your contract... Most of us don't know when the contract yeah. is up. 
But look, that's not right. No. That is not the way they, it should I, be. They, they should be contacting us to tell you're, us that the contract is up. Yeah. And you're their yeah. customer. Okay. And you've been with the provider, so it's up to take take control of your money back. So if there's a problem, your money is still in the bank. Where, like, for three months, they wanted to take my money. Now, if my money had been gone, I wouldn't be on the phone to you today. I would still have a battle. Because you'd have retrieved your money when it's gone. Okay, and Camille, the opening up uh, yesterday of uh, the fur. I know you were open all of the time. Was we were. Ca- was Clonakilty busy yesterday? Did you notice many around? What it was, was it like? A lot more traffic, a lot more people out and about. All right, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And you know, over the week, the next few weeks, things will get better and better as they go along. Once the, everybody still keeps a bit of social distance. You know, we get there. We'll all get there in the end, definitely. Yeah, we're looking at, certainly looking at any of the reports and I know we, we have a report coming up after after 12. We sent uh, Fiona Corkin, our news reporter, out just to chat to people yesterday and certainly looking at the newspaper coverage today and what was on the news last night. There were, you know, there was queues. There certainly was a lot of queues around. But people are, are we, we're now used to queuing. People are abiding by social distancing. Absolutely. It's the new, the new norm now, isn't it? Yeah. We learn a few new things from it. Did we ever think that we'd be we'd be queuing to get into the butchers? Absolutely, it's brilliant. <laughs> keep queuing. I keep queuing. We love the queues yeah. of the butcher shop. Well done, well done. Listen, you Come mind yourself. Thanks a million for your help. No only, problem. Only fires. No problem. Listen, oh, we, we, were... we wouldn't be where we are today. So thanks a million. Only too glad to help you out. Stay safe. Great job. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. The lovely Dave Scully. And if you want a fine cut of meat, that's where you go. Scully's Butchers inside in uh, Clannacilty. We'll get to, uh, we're going to be talking about the air ambulance. We'll get to that after uh, 12 o'clock today. To the listener who contacts us who has an appointment at Mallow General Hospital tomorrow and is just worried and concerned about going anywhere near a hospital with COVID 19 and is getting really stressed out uh, about it and was wondering what procedures are in place. The listener says, for that, woman, it was actually a gentleman uh, that has a hospital appointment uh, in Mallow General Hospital tomorrow. Tell him there's absolutely nothing to worry about. The nurse will give you a mask at the door. No mixing with other patients. Uh, if somebody is already in their waiting, then you're asked to wait in your car until, until you are called. So everything is done to protect and keep everybody uh, safe. So that gentleman has nothing to worry about about at all. Just focus on the appointment and hopefully you'll get good news from the appointment and that you'll be done and dusted and, and you'll be back out and you'll, it'll be, you'll just put it behind you and you won't be getting stressed out anymore. And good news, Photo Wildlife Park reopens tomorrow. You have to book uh, ahead. All visitors must book a time slot in advance. There'll be no payment asked in advance. The park says the measure is to minimise queues at the gates and also inside the park at any one time. Pre-booking is available a few days in advance of visiting and you can book time slots starting at 9am in the morning until 9pm at night for arrivals. So if you want to bring the kids somewhere for the wildlife park now reopened. 1850 Let's take a break and head to News at 12 Midday. Court today on C103. With my- Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Hello, this is Eric Griffin. Join me Monday to Friday between 7 and 8 for some great songs on C103 Anthems. And then... Hello, this is Declan Ernie here. Hello, this is Sean Keane. Hello, this is Cathy Durkin. Hi, this is Louise Morrissey. Hi, this is Mick Flavin. Hello, this is Daniel O'Donnell here, and you're listening to Country and Irish with Eric Griffin on C103. Don't miss Anthems at 7 and the very best of Country and Irish remains right here on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. 
Happy birthday to somebody who's described as a great mum, nana and wife. And that is Margaret Sheehan in Donnerwell, who's celebrating a birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Margaret. Hope you're having a lovely, lovely day. Now, Cork couple, Paul O'Brien and Julie McCall have many reasons to be thankful for the air ambulance. And they decided to embark on a stay at home marathon to raise funds for the Irish Community Rapid Response Air Ambulance. And Paul O'Brien joins me to tell us more. Good afternoon to you, Paul. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. Now, I need to take you back to last month, the 11th of April, and you were out for a walk when disaster struck. Tell us what happened to you. Um, I think a bit of childhood came back to me. I saw a a rope hanging um, off a tree um, just above a little stream and decided to take a swing in it. And um, that was the end of that. It just, it broke and it fell about three metres. Um... And all I remember then waking up in hospital, actually, and after being airlifted by the rapid response. So you kno- you knocked you knocked yourself out. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Who was with you? Uh, my wife Julie was with me at the time. Um, so you know, I suppose initially I remember everything up until the time of actually falling and hitting my head um, into the stream where there was a rocky stream there, um, and that oh. was it. Then after that. God, scary, but, um, scary for Julie more from you. Cause as well, you said, I don't remember. And to be honest with you, I feel as if it's always the case. The ones that are looking on, it's the ones that are actually dealing with the, the, the trauma of it. I was actually, I don't remember anything of it, to be honest. So um, what did you, what did Julie do at that point then? She realised she needed help, obviously. Yeah, I screamed. There was a couple of neighbours came out and um, thankfully pulled me up out of the stream and just put me into a kind of recovery mode there. Um, my jaw and my face obviously I was quite cut and bruised and my face started to swell um, and kind of a hairline crack in my jaw um, but they I, like I suppose again I don't remember any of this, this from what I'm here say um, and they took us to um We lost, uh, we lost Paul. Okay, let's get Paul, Paul back on because he, he really has uh, an absolutely fantastic story to tell. Philip says, uh, greetings from Pantry. I beg to differ with your contributor, Michael from Clonakilty, with regards to walking on the right-hand side of the road facing the oncoming traffic. There are incidents where on a very narrow country road, especially with a lot of foliage present, one comes to a sharp right-hand bend without a margin where it's safer to cross to the left-hand side of the road until one is past the bend. There is actually one such bend on the coast road from Clonakilty town to Ring Village that I'm very familiar with, says uh, Philip. So there are incidents. But in the majority of cases, I think uh, Michael and Clon is right. You always need to be facing the oncoming traffic. But thank you, uh, Philip, for your text. Let me go back. Paul is back with us. Our lines have been dropped out. Patricia and D- guys, I don't know what happened Don't there. worry, don't worry. OK, so you, you're now unconscious. Neighbours have, have come out. Uh, who 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 does your wife then ring, or who rings for help then? I, I, the neighbours must have rang nine nine nine, and uh, you know I, I presume she's waiting there for um, to come. And I suppose when you're in the middle of dramatic scene like that, you automatically time flies so quickly. And before she realised it, there was a helicopter landing, um, and swiftly swiftly took me off to um, the hospital. Um, apparently, there was a doctor, Hugh Doran, in charge of that. Um, and apparently all the crew were fantastic and unfortunately I would love to have remembered the trip or had some bit of an idea what was going on but <laughs> no. that wasn't the case. <laughs> no memory of the helicopter trip. <laughs> so you wake up in CUH I'm assuming, is it? Correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, hours later, many hours later? Um, I'm not too sure. It's, it must have been 
maybe two. I'm not sure. You know, you're asking a question now. It, like it wasn't. It maybe two hours or an yeah. hour and a half. I was falling in and out of unconsciousness, um, and there was a fantastic nurse there holding my hand called Maeve above in the CUH, um, and obviously I went through various tests to make sure there was nothing, you know, because my head was badly swollen, um, that there was no serious concern there. Obviously everything, you know, the, re- the recovery has been quite remarkable, my body's still aching and stuff like that, but... Yeah. Apart from everything else, we have absolutely nothing to complain about. Only be very happy that we're here today chatting to you. And absolutely, and obviously, and you, you went in the air ambulance, and I'm assuming Julie went had to go by car to CUH. Was um, it? No, Julie went home. Obviously, with the COVID problem, the COVID. Oh, so she obviously was home with friends and spent her time worrying there. Um, but you know what? I was on the phone to her the next morning at about 11 o'clock right. um, saying that I was absolutely... Obviously, the nurses had been in contact with her saying I was absolutely fine um, and that the recovery, you know, was just sore, aching body, bruising, stuff like that. Um, so that's when we kind of put into our head about paying it back, I suppose. Um, and that Saturday, following Sunday, I was supposed to run the London Marathon um, for Irish Cancer Society, myself my friend Hernan. Um, and obviously that's been cancelled so mm. we decided upon our craziness to decide you know, one of these crazy ideas that we'd um, just run the um, run a marathon if we could walk it or run it within our 5k distance here in Fountainstown um, and that's what we did Well you've a lovely area to do the walk or the run for sure and and you did it We did I was hoping to do half it and stuff but you know we did, it took us 5 hours 50 minutes Okay and we were, you know, we did it by ourselves. We were, maybe we weren't as planned as we thought we, we should have been. But you know what? We did it. And it was absolutely amazing. We had about six neighbours and our little family there waiting us when we finished the line. Well done. Um, well done. And you know what? The amazing thing is we're just shy of 9,000 euros. Well, that's incredible. That's incredible. And people can still donate? Yes, absolutely. It's Um and it's our Julian Paul O'Brien's marathon. Um, like initially, we the cover of the the air ambulance was three and a half thousand. Apparently, by the time they send, you know, it leaves and comes, picks up somebody up and drops us off. Um, so our initial target was three and a half thousand, and that passed very quickly. So we're hoping to get to ten thousand. Be great. If we get to ten thousand, it would but, be absolutely but, brilliant. But Paul, you're very typical. Uh, whenever I do an interview, or in the past, whenever I've spoken about the Irish Community Rapid Response um, Air Ambulance, um, most people will never need the air ambulance, and it's only when it touches our lives that we realise yeah. how important this service is. And this service was nearly grounded full-time earlier this year because of finances which is absolutely shocking yes it is and I've heard they've been got they're back in seven days in a, in a week or so they are, and, they are. Um, you know what they're amazing I think you know what we went out we, like where we live down a Merkable Fountainstown area um, and we were out walking beautiful morning and accidents happen just like that you know we were taking a video about a minute before the incident and you know what I could be above in Beaumont Hospital now I'm not thankfully but, you know, incidents and accidents happen so, so quickly. And that air ambulance is vital to our community. 
Absolutely. Well, well done, well done, and and well done for you for sharing the story because I think that's what we need. We need people need to hear stories like yours to say, look, it was it was there for me, and I'm fine now, and everything is okay, and we need to keep this ambulance uh, in, in in the area. It it, it really is uh, terrific, and obviously the moral of the tale: leave the ropes and the swings alone, Paul. It's got down since apparently it? there's loads of very disappointed children in the area. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, swings have got adults and TDs into a lot of trouble in the past I as well. So. So. And don't believe me, there's been plenty of mick taking taken out of me as well. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, we can't let the moment pass without mentioning you. Uh, you're the owner, of course, of uh, Bonnie Connellan's, the award-winning... Bonnie Connellan's. I can never get yeah. that right. The award-winning bar and restaurant in, in Myrtleville. You're obviously, uh, you are, you're sadly closed at the moment. We are. Do you know when you'll reopen? We're hoping the end of June, all going well. We're busy trying to get organised as to see what's the safest way of doing so. Um, it's a major challenge for yeah. us and for everybody else in the hospitality industry. Um, but you know what? We've got to be, be doing something and we give it a lash anyway. We've yeah. got to be positive about it. Yeah. And people have been fantastic. The support from our suppliers and customers. You know, people just are, have been amazing, I think. And I think, you know, opening the country is going to be quite difficult, let's say. Yeah, you're an award-winning restaurant. People will come back in their in their droves, but it's how it's all handled. But we're all in it together, and we will we get through are, it. Absolutely, that's the motto. We're all in this together, and everybody is 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 involved in this. Okay. But you know, we're a great old nation. We are. We, we are. are, and we're fighters, and we'll 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 come out stronger, hopefully, after all of this. Okay. Well, well done to you and and Julie and your fundraising effort. It's absolutely Thank terrific, you so Paul. Much. And good to know that you're 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 okay and you're you're fighting fit again. That's the you most know what? important. We're thing. all out. We're exercise is a very important part of our lives and yeah we're active every day well done well um, done so look, Patricia, thank you so no much. No problem. Thank you for talking you to us, Paul. Take care. Take, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Paul uh, O'Brien uh, there and along with his wife, Julie, doing that marathon uh, from home. And uh, it's fantastic because of what it's in aid of the air ambulance. And it was just a coincidence that we Paul on today because we're running a news uh, story to say that the rapid response at the air ambulance will be returning to uh, seven days, which is great because of costs that have gone down to five days uh, a week. You, we, you never know when you or a family member is going to need that air ambulance. We need to keep it in the air for sure. Uh, So thanks to Paul for that. Okay, let me go quickly just to a couple of your uh, texts that are coming in to us. Christy says, Patricia, it'll be interesting to see if Ireland will be given some of the temporary 500 billion euro handout being proposed by France and Germany as part of the EU budget, which is proposed as not having to be paid back since we make up 1% of the EU. Does that mean we will be in entitled to about 5 billion uh, even though we'll probably be saddled with 42% of the EU banking de- debt. Uh, it'll be great though if we get some of that money. Yeah, only, only time will tell if we're going to get some of that money or not but uh, hopefully we will. Okay uh, and oh, NCTs I keep getting this question in when the NCT test does come back will it be valid from the date of the test or from the date when the NCT test should have been done and it's come in again this time it's from Eileen in Balancholic where we've checked in and we know that all of the NCTs have been extended I think it's by four months isn't it at at this stage when you do eventually get your new test 
that the date would then be permanently reset and your car's new test date would be due from that date in the future which means that the test will run from that new date the new test date that you get that'll be your new date for the future so your year or two years whatever it is uh, will run from from that uh, moment in time and just a text in when we were talking about Keypack earlier and I know we touched on this with Noel McCarthy and it is unfair if Fomoy is been getting tired with the brush that oh everybody with COVID-19 from the Keypack plant lives in Formoy and that's not the case and Paul Kavanagh wants to point that out saying it's completely outrageous and wrong for listeners to be singling out Formoy in the Keypack story. The 650 workers at the Keypack plant live all over North Cork, Glanmire and Cork City. Essential businesses suffered in Formoy on Friday and Saturday and even yesterday all because of rumours and scaremongering by uninformed bigots says Paul on Facebook Why? who don't care what damage they do several companies and shops were falsely and wrongly named and it is really really unfair because Formoy is as safe a town as anywhere else and it is open for uh, business the oh and then just a couple of more people on about the lady who wrote to us whose daughter is saying if the guardie keeps stopping and asking to look in at what's in the bag for the shopping and the dinner she's going to stop going there's a couple of people reckon that that uh, daughter is bullying here's one with reference to that poor old lady whose daughter is threatening not to bring her mother's dinners and groceries any longer her daughter is a shameful bully taking her anger as if she's above the law more than anyone else the guardie are probably looking into the bag because she more likely has the same attitude towards her as she has to her poor mother. Shame, shame, shame. And there's a number of other people are are raising that issue as well, that she shouldn't be frightening the mother by threatening not to come with the groceries and the dinners and that it is a form of bullying. And Betty in Mallow says, well I say well done to that daughter for bringing the dinners and the shopping to her ma'am. The Gardaí though at the end of the day are only doing their job. We're all in this together and the ma'am needs to say thanks to the daughter with a smile. In fair at the looking at the letter I got in today that's exactly what she's doing the, woman, the mother is very very appreciative of what her daughter is uh, doing and someone else wonders when the guardie stopped to take a look, a look in at the shopping are the guardie allowed to touch the packages uh, could that not be classed as cross-contamination especially as everybody's cocooning were the guardie wearing gloves they would be some of the questions I would ha- have says a texter 1850 uh, 103, Sadie and John Paul are taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council. Supporting businesses, supporting communities, serving Cork. Visit corkcoco.ie. The Mallow Child of a Branch of the Irish Red Cross are fundraising over the June Bank Holiday weekend. It's to enable them to continue to run their ambulance service for the coming year. You can donate on their GoFundMe page and the link is available in our Cork Diary section at www.c103.ie. Kinsale GAA walking or running for 24 hours. That's in aid of Pieta House. You can join them starting at 7.30am this Friday and it runs through until 730 p.m. on next Saturday evening. You can get your starting slots by contacting Paul at 086-825-0406 and our Manway Family Resource Centre have experienced volunteers available to speak with anyone experiencing anxiety in these difficult times. You can call them on 023-9956-818. Court today on C103. With Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education 
education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. It's time to Due to COVID-19, cocooning is advised for all people over 70 years old. If a family member or friend is cocooning, here's some helpful advice. They should stay home and avoid face-to-face contact. Keep in touch by phone or online. Stay mobile by moving as much as possible. Go for a short walk while maintaining strict social distancing. Ask others to get shopping or medicine. Use the phone to contact their GP or other services. And remember, no visitors, except for essential carers. It's time to This message is supported by Home Instead Senior Care. Their staff are fully equipped to ensure your loved one's safety in their own homes. See homeinstead.ie. For COVID-19 updates and information, stay listening to C103. The emergency services, we're told, are attending a crash on the Carriga Line, Crosshaven Road, uh, close to Crosser Road. It's closed and diversions are in uh, place. Uh, so please avoid on driving tests. John, he was on to say in the 70s, he did his tractor driving test. The instructor gave him the instructions on where he was to drive around the town and off Johnny went. And obviously it was a tractor, so you can't have anybody in the tractor with him. And then the in tester was obviously at various stages around the town keeping a look out for Johnny so when Johnny got back he was able to tell him that he passed his test he's wondering could they not do something like that with uh, driving uh, tests I don't know if that is possible or not but that's the way it used to be done for tractor driving uh, tests back in the 70s now there's a couple of people have been mentioning it was a programme with Claire Burns show last night on TV where they set up what it would be like with social distancing inside in a bar and Joe Duffy was in there I think it was Evelyn Cusack wasn't it from Met Air and they were having a drink and they were all spaced they were all the two metre social distancing and people are talking about what is it going to be like what are bars going to be like what are restaurants going to be like uh, when we finally get to reopen we know that the restaurants are first to reopen and they're due to reopen on the 29th so to try to get a flavour of what planning has been done and what it's going to be like Paul Montgomery of Clancy's Mar in the city uh, joins me good afternoon to you Paul good afternoon Patricia now Paul the the Restaurant side of your business will open on June 29th, isn't that it? Yes, correct. Okay, so what do you have to do now to prep and get ready for that? Well, I've just after leaving Clancy's, they are now meeting up with um, with Sully and Graham and um, my my fellow workers in there. And uh, we have have a team of people in there at the moment um, getting organised and I suppose it's like a building site now again you know and we had to wait until this week to to get back um, to doing the physical work for the physical distancing so um, there's, there's quite a bit of work involved but most important we have to create um, a safe environment for staff and a safe environment for customers because no matter what plans we make if when the, when the customers come back in from the 29th if they don't see that they that we have the physical distancing um, requirements in place, people are not going to be comfortable. Yeah. No different if yeah. you come into the, the restaurant or a bar and people were smoking, you wouldn't sit down there and you'd make a complaint and you'd be gone out the door straight away. So, How I many that, at the moment? How Okay, before COVID-19, how many tables and chairs, how many customers could you have on, on, on a full night? Well, on a full night, we would have over six hundred people, and um, according to our fire numbers, like we would have, we would have on a regular Friday and Saturday night, we would have um, upwards and over six hundred people inside the premises. 
How many will you now be, do you reckon, with social distancing in place, how many will you be allowed to have in? 200 people. <sighs> so that's the, that's, the, that's the reality. That's the new reality for us and for every other restaurant and bar that are open with these restrictions in place. And economically, will it work for you as a business model? Well, I, we, we, we have looked at it. When we looked at it initially, we said, no way, it couldn't work. But when we've looked at it closer and we have said, OK, this is the new reality and we're either going to have to live with it or we're going to have to go broke. And um, the option really is that you have to live with it and you have to find a way to make it work. And I suppose the way we're finding to make it work is that we feel the demand will be there. People will want to go out. People will want to go out for their food. It, it had become city centre park and maybe a lot of um, towns and cities. People were anxious to go out, you know, at several occasions during the week, um, different times for different reasons and get food and get drink. And that was that was becoming a norm and reality anyway that we were we had a lot of bookings for birthday parties, occasions, people leaving work, people getting promoted, um, you know, from it might have been you know, members of the Gardaí or Fire Brigade, they got a promotion or it might, you know, there was always yeah. an occasion. And that has become more and more a feature we have found, especially since we opened Clancy's and our diary system and our reservation system, we were we were adapting to that. So to answer your question about being viable, it, it, we have to make it viable. And one of the ways that that will work is that, and we feel that if we can keep a high level of bookings at those kind of numbers throughout the evening and daytime and more spread out during the week, okay, we mightn't have 600 people of a Saturday night, but we may have... Across the week. Across, across the week. The week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and, and you could take a Saturday night, but, but we are, we're, we're going to have up on our website, which we're launching in the next week or so, and a reservation system, and there's, there's several very good reservation systems, Res Diary is one of them that we are, we are using, and that will allow people to book their slots, you know, at different times, and... Mm-hmm. They may get seven, they may get nine, they may get whatever they, whatever suits them, or if they're ringers, we'll say to look at, we'll say if you want a longer spell, we can put you at a table that'll give you, you know, three, four hours in the place. More people will want to go early and avail of maybe early bird specials and all that. So have their food and, and be gone, and, and then it's food. the table's yeah. free, free, free for yeah, somebody else. Exactly. And the one thing I, we've certainly noticed here at the radio station, I mean, there isn't a day goes by that we aren't playing requests for somebody who has a special birthday and all of that, yeah. and we'll celebrate yeah. when all this is over. There's so many catch-up celebrations that will need to take place in in the yeah. coming weeks and months when, well, when we do I, we open. I know one particular fartage, obviously. I wouldn't say it's a surprise fartage, you know, <laughs> that, uh, that, a, that a wife was arranging good customers of ours over the years and, um, you know, she was arranging that and she cancelled it plenty of time and, like, she wants that again, yeah, you know, yeah. to happen. So that I, I know that's going to happen, but it mightn't be able to happen on a Saturday night like before at 8 o'clock. It might be a Thursday, at six, yeah. you know, so let's arrange. But on top of that as well, I mean, we, we, we got creative over the last couple of months and, we linked up with Cork City Council, who worked very closely with us about closing Princess Street. To, and now it's closed to traffic anyway during the daytime. But we wanted to have chairs and tables on the street to make to give us more numbers. That'll add to our numbers as well. Or it'll add for people waiting for tables if they can't get them inside. You know, and we're opening a roof terrace as well, which we hadn't. Well, we'd always tend to open it, but we were hoping to have a bit more money built up in the kitty to, to do it. But now we're 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 working, you know, to get it done as well now. So that'll give us more tables and chairs up there and just create maybe a story for people, a different story, a different environment. And, you know, 
like I, I've said it before, and, and you know, to a lot of our own crew that we work together, like we've changed over the last twenty-four or five years in business. We have changed so much all the time that there was a time that people you couldn't go online, you couldn't book. People didn't. We hardly had a phone number. There was down the early days, you know, and people just flocked in the door. And we, I remember, we used to be giving out chicken wings to people in the on a Friday evening in the in the backyard of the Western Star, and you'd get flocks of students on a, on a Friday night, <laughs> and like so, like things they, that evolved to people wanting, you know, wanting their tables. Like you wouldn't get a you wouldn't get a seat in a pub over the years. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. It's our and, new and normal. But yeah. we're, we're going to have a new normal that we're all just going to have to get used to. Absolutely, and and look, there is another, there is a, a theory there that the COVID nineteen could disappear, and in four or five months' time, we wake up and we hear the news that it's just gone, like some of the other um, coronaviruses over the years. Uh, but like that's not what we're hearing at the moment. I mean, what we're what we're hearing from the medical experts at the moment, from the government, is as late as this morning, is that this could be with us for a number of years, and if this is with us for a number of years, you know, we have to adapt as as businesses and like. Talking to everyone, I'm I'm because the premise that I'm involved in is on Princess Street, and we have just clubbed together, you know, Casey from Oco Chocolates. We have talking to Rossini's, Claire Nash from Nash's, and Tori from Rossini's, and right up along to even Barry from Cock Arts and John Joyce, who are non restaurant. Everyone along the street there, you know, from Burnt um, Oak Fire Pizza, Quinlan Seafood, like I'm just there's a there's a 11, 10, 11, 12 of us. There's two Chinese restaurants, and then the, and the rest of us, like Tater, we're all meeting regularly, meeting on the street, meeting and saying, how can we make the street and this area vibrant? So, give people a different experience. So, if people want to come with their families and sit outside, they don't want to go inside. Somebody might want to get a pizza from Oak Fire, or they want, might want spaghetti bolognese from Rossini. They might want a pint of Guinness from me and. A burger, maybe you know. So it, it doesn't. It, we're 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 trying to say that look, it give people just a hell of a different experience and try and give them a good evening out or a good night out because that's what that's what the human psyche needs is to is to go out and have have a bit of a celebration. Yeah, whatever and, there is, and Cork you know. people, I I know, would be good to respond, and we're all on about I think so. uh, sport. Yeah. So you know, shopping local, supporting local, and supporting the local business and services, Absolutely. and people yeah. will listen. Paul, best of uh, best of luck. We'll chat again, but in the meantime, thank you for that, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Patricia. Uh, good afternoon to you. Bye bye. Paul Montgomery there of Clancy's Bar in the city. Prep work underway for their reopening, expected on the 29th of June, 1850. A quick break, and we're back with Joe Heffernan. Court today on C103. With Mallow College, now enrolling for courses in September. Plan your future education. See the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie. Fon Sawalcha, Lassie 103. How COVID needed on shutting Aaron Agus Kamwitz Fanak Sawalia Kunwitz Fane Agus Akela Akosens. An ishta plan the Kuwait came in a an Hayantir Oskol Darish. Kadi on Tuxala day the Mi Beltna, Bezera Le Kupa Shrienta of Vian Hanafane. Malta to Dolomon Akliach the Tavamwe, an ishta Kadaga Fanavoskik Kuwait Kilometer Dimbalia in Naiga Kilometer. Malta Shivak Fanak Somalia on Tamar Fad no Kakuning, Be Kadaga Dolomak last shit in Kuwait Kilometer, Akhtor Aragon Arilka free social distancing. Bigi Olivner. 
Nervine Shivamit Exhibitorat, Bigi Lissa Agav, Nabi Brazal, Agus Canard Narodi Atal Richtnach, Tormas Gunadini Elisa Shopa, Agus Dunfern Atal Gogaram, Bigni the Lav Nis Minica Lagalinach Akasishke, Nabi Glagan Lav Ed Aidan, Agus Matak Hasak No Sneefer Dagat, Dane Aid Ilan, Tasagan Gamichi Zakar Avesmayan Tamarfad and Apashti, Akter Ash Kogna Bunradi, Tayamaksa Gardin, Big Bachal, Dane Alin, Kardioch Miramari, Augustahukan, Fan Savadze, Fan Somalia. Lahai Tilla Olish, Fan Lin, Air C103. This is the Court Today replay on C103. For C103 photos, videos, and more, follow us on Instagram and get a good look at what's going on across Cork. Search Instagram for at C103 Cork. Cork today on C103. Text or WhatsApp Patricia with your comment. 0862103103. And a question just in regarding my last uh, chat there with Paul Montgomery from uh, Clancy's Bar saying that when restaurants open, will they be able to serve drink or wine or will we be able to bring our own, says the listener. Well, once the bar, the restaurant has a bar licence, which obviously Clancy's does, who we were just speaking with, they'll be able to uh, serve drink. And obviously if it's a restaurant with a wine licence, they will continue to serve uh, wine. So yes, a lot of the bars are actually going to open if they have a restaurant uh, and their bar licence kicks in so you will be able to get um, alcohol at the table as well. But obviously it's all table service because it is a restaurant. Okay, Joe Heffernan joins me on this Tuesday afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Joe. Good afternoon, Patricia. Uh, and you're welcome. We were talking this morning with uh, Drinkaware who have just brought out a survey showing that half of Irish adults are now admitting that they're drinking every week with 25% of people saying that they are drinking more during this coronavirus uh, crisis. It's something we all need to be aware of, I suppose, be aware of our drinking. <coughs> Without doubt. Without doubt. I was reading another thing there um, from a, a, a person online um, and uh, he wrote, I have seen an increase in the number of evenings I have a drink and an overall increase in consumption as well. And uh, he says, it's the boredom, really. Um, uh, Now, he's keeping things somewhat within the parameters of safety. He says, I make sure that I only drink on four nights of the week. Um, And he says, I think when routine turns to normal, I'll be able to reduce consumption again. Now, the thing is that there... We'll say it that um, myself now, for example, I haven't had an alcoholic drink since uh, with 46 years. Well done. Thank you. And, um, uh, you know, thank God, um, you know, I won't be having any today either. Um, but uh, there is, of course, uh, a temptation to medicate our boredom, um, stress, uh, stress, fed upness, if that's a word, um, during this. For example, I'd be a candidate after this for Sweets Anonymous. Um, I hope they might have a 12 step program because I find that, um, you know, I, I definitely am. Um, you know, having a sweet, having a sweet, have a sweet. And yeah, the, well, well, the amount of people that are, and are snacking more, and that's snacking, yes. and it's part of it is boredom. Yes. Yeah. So I'm hoping that I don't finish up with a sugar addiction at the end of this, um, which could happen. Um, but uh, talking about alcohol, um, 
Of course, there is a great temptation um, in the evenings. We're in lockdown. There isn't much to do. Um, We can't go out to the cinema. We can't go out for a meal. um, And the amount of alcohol that one would consume um, could well increase. Now, that gentleman wrote, I think when routine returns to normal, I'll be able to reduce consumption. And that will hold true for many, but it won't for others. Um, It's like everything else, that there's a a percentage of people um, who, if they have two, they'll have four, and if they'll have four, they'll have eight. And (coughs) um, tolerance can build up during the likes of this um, lockdown. And then... um, uh, it might not be feasible uh, to just uh, turn off that tap. So um, I suppose a cautionary word um, is in order that a person would be aware, and peculiarly there now when you said the, the, the name of the organization, drink aware, that one would be aware. And, um, and just to take note, to have a little think about that uh, if they are um, uh, consuming um, more than they normally would, to just keep an eye on it. Um, Most people won't develop a problem, but some people will. Yeah, I mean, it was one of the things, I don't know if you heard our discussion this morning with with Miriam from um, Drink Aware. You know, Okay, while twenty five percent of people are saying that they are drinking more, there was there was equally, uh, I think it was twenty four percent of people say that they're consuming less alcohol than they yeah. did before. So there's other people are using this time to say I need to so check on my drinking, because the, the, uh, to me the big danger is it becomes a habit. It, yes. As you're talking about that gentleman that you read about, it becomes habit forming, and suddenly it's hard then to break that habit. Yes, and a habit can very easily turn into a problem, into an addiction. Um, So um, uh, it's a great name for that organization, Drink Aware. And, uh, you know, awareness, they say, is curative. And if you're aware of what you're doing, um, well, then um, you can do something about it. Now, the other side of aware would be denial. And, of course, with all addictions, and we're going to talk a little bit in a minute about gambling during the COVID, um, uh, denial is part of, I suppose, all addictions, really. At some stage, a person is in denial. This is not a problem. I'm handling this. I am managing this. And um, uh, everything is going to be all right. And in most cases, it will be all right. But in many cases... Uh, it, it won't. So maybe to just uh, be aware, um, to um, to ask oneself a couple of questions, you know. Am I drinking more? Am I drinking more often? Um, is it possible that I am using alcohol as a, as a medication, as it were, to get me through this uh, COVID-19? And you see, a lot of people um, know... I I I I found the news this morning quite depressing. Um, you know, there was something on about this could go on for years, and I thought, oh my god. Um, 
but now I presume that would mean uh, that there mightn't be a vaccine um, for a long time. I, th- I think what they're talking about, we'll just have to learn to live with it, I think, as well as what yes. it is in herd immunity. Yes. But then I read a piece, while you can find bad news, you can find good news, I read a really good piece about a vaccine in the States that's showing great promise and I'm keeping a very close eye on the vaccine that's coming out of Oxford University. Yes. That's a bigger uh, trial that's showing great promise. So there's, yes. there's, there's a lot of good news as well. There is a lot of good news. And even um, while we wait for the vaccine, there's a company called Gilead. Yeah. And, um, I that have a base here in Cork? Mm, yes. They have a base here in yeah. Cork, yeah. Remdesivir, if I'm saying yeah, that, yeah. That, that, um, that will, um, you know, treat the symptoms and uh, shorten the period of illness. It's showing uh, promise, yeah. It, yeah, re- it really yeah. is. It so, is of course, there is, with, without doubt, there is um, there's light at the end of the tunnel and we need to bear that in mind. Yeah. Okay. And actually, just on, just, just wrapping up on Drink Aware, it was. It's interesting. Their website saw ninety thousand visits just in the month of uh, April, uh, which shows that people are concerned about their Isn't drinking habits uh, at home, and they went to try to seek information and the tools to help there them. You so, are. so well done. Yeah. So while that's yeah. that's alcohol, and, and everyone needs to throw a check on on their drinking. You're worried about the gambling side of things during lockdown. Well, there was a survey done in um, in the UK, um, and um, uh, the people found and who responded um, that they were just as often or more frequently gambling during the coronavirus lockdown. Despite this is very peculiar, despite the lack of sporting fixtures. Um, and this was now a very um, uh, comprehensive uh, survey done by a company called a Surveyation, um, a Surveyation poll of 1,000 people. And uh, the, the response would suggest that there was more intense betting among problem gamblers or a move towards, now this is the biggie, a move towards riskier products such as online casino games. So, I mean, I, I'd be the first to admit that um, I, I would put a bet on the golf because um, I'd be presumptuous enough to uh, think that I know a bit about it. I usually lose my few quid, but um, I would insist with myself that I would walk in to uh, a place, um, a, a bookies, and, uh, and, and put my couple of quid on in cash that I have to hand over. And uh, I find that is... Um, a big safety um, thing. Whereas um, a lot of people apparently during this um, uh, lockdown are opening um, online, account, uh, on, online, online accounts. accounts and, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home at the click of a button. Yeah. yeah, Scary. Yeah. And, and regular gamblers then are finding that they, according to this survey, that they were gambling more. 28% had increased their activity and 11% said they were gambling a lot more, to quote them. 11% gambling a lot more. Um, and, I mean, the absence of the of the ordinary sports that we're used to, um, the soccer, the golf, um, all of that, the horse racing, of course, um, uh that they were resorting to online casino games and, and, and slot machines. And what mightn't be realised 
is that these carry a much higher rate of addiction. Now, for many, um, that is maybe hard to understand. A lot of people who uh, would gamble would 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 consider slot machines and all that as um, um, you know uh, something they wouldn't um, indulge in. But the problem at the moment is that with the lack of the ordinary everyday um, betting opportunities like the horse racing, the golf, the soccer. Um, we're all hoping that the Premier League will come back um, maybe late June. Um, but uh, in the absence of these, people are turning to, to other things. The survey found that 41% of people who bet had opened a new online account since the pandemic took hold. That's scary. Yeah. It really is scary. People yeah. need to have an awareness of that yeah. as well. So okay. to be aware of it because yeah. um, that can become huge. I have spoken with many people down through the years who um, uh, have had a problem with gambling. And it very often ended up in very serious mental health and financial um, ruin. Ruin. You can be absolutely destroyed from yeah. uh, gambling. Yeah. Okay, and just before we let you go, you just want to give a quick mention to the uh, Mick Flannery song? Yeah, th- that we are hearing so much more about domestic abuse during this lockdown. Um, uh, and, and that domestic abuse has increased during the lockdown. Well, Mick Flannery, Cork singer, yeah. uh, has... Uh, recorded a song called it sounds like good advice it's called run a mile and the proceeds are to go to women's aid so apparently one can uh one can hear run a mile by mcflannery online and download um go to women's aid well done well done it's a it's a a great cause and to remind people who are suffering who are victims of domestic violence that help hasn't gone away that help is there and uh, to please reach out okay listen Joe um, have a great week you're still working from mobile still working on the mobile and uh, emails following up the sessions and it's going quite well Um, but I'm hoping 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 I'd love to see another human being (laughs) walking into the office and sitting down um, and I'm so looking forward to that happening. I hope it can happen soon. Okay. Yeah. It will. It will. Hang in there. Listen, thanks a million and thanks for joining us. Thank uh, you. Bye bye. And Joe can be contacted on his mobile 086 Vodafone, we've been having calls in from the West Cork area. John Paul tells me we're getting them from about people are having problems accessing phone coverage. I don't know if it's widespread across West Cork or just pockets of West Cork and uh, people having problems with the coverage of their Vodafone and coverage with data. We have contacted Vodafone uh, on the issue and uh, hopefully we'll have something back. We don't have anything back today. Hopefully we'll have something back tomorrow on that. And tomorrow we're going to pick back. We're going to continue to discuss driving tests and the lessons and all of that. We're actually going to speak with with a driving instructor just explaining when people are coming up with all kinds of solutions of other ways of doing the driving test here's a man in the know who will be able to fill us in we'll do that tomorrow okay that's where I leave you for today my thanks to Sadie and to John Paul for taking your calls today we are back with you tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock Nick is with you until tomorrow at 10 I'm Patricia stay safe Court Today on C103 with Mallow College now enrolling for courses in September plan your future education see the full range of courses at mallowcollege.ie 
Incorrect information or fake news about COVID-19 can be harmful to all of us. False stories about potential treatments or new restrictions only create divisions and distrust. If fake news is shared, it can risk reducing the effectiveness of efforts made so far. It can have real and damaging consequences on all the work being done to stop the spread of the coronavirus. Before you press share, think, is it from a trusted source? Can you fact check the information with the World Health Organization? Is it a joke? Are other sites reporting this? What are their sources? Fake news is out there and it's everybody's job to check and question the information they receive before passing it on to someone else, no matter how well intended it is. Think before you share. Stay safe and stay up to date with all COVID-19 information at c103.ie.